business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. To the coast, we get together, have a few laughs. You? As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? just keeps repeating from there honestly it's really not worth playing anymore all right ultimate warriors team (laughs) (laughs) thanks everybody for joining us on the hollywood hangout appreciate everybody in the chat joining us and a little bit late sorry about that everybody but uh you people that downloaded it's never late it's right on time for you guys so uh cross me right here i've got anthony what's going on anthony I'm doing great, bro. You, you, we got to start this one all proper. Got to throw in the warrior snoring. I am doing fantastic. Looking oh. forward to this one, sir. Jeez, I hope I was hoping you weren't snoring already. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this bastard is already fucking snoring on me here. <laughs> but uh, also, we've got Weebs joining us. This was actually his idea to throw out a few docs for us, wrestling documentaries. So, uh, Weebs, thanks for joining us, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Chat room. Again, appreciate everybody in here. we got a good amount in here for a uh, late Saturday night. And uh, I guess, I mean, it's not like we got to jump into actors with this one. We're doing the self-destruction of Ultimate Warrior. Um, I mean, we know the actors. Most of you listen to THT anyway, the wrestling show, 
Wednesday nights live right here on Mixer.com slash THD podcast. And yeah, come on. It's Warrior. It's Mean Gene. Mean he, uh, He's in it. There's uh, Ted DiBiase is in it. Uh, who else we got in there? We now, had, now, now Box. Uh-huh. I didn't mean to cut y'all, sir. But no, no, no. are we uh, are we breaking kayfabe here? Because <laughs> if you go on the IMD page here, mm-hmm. it actually lists the uh, the real names and not the character names. So which rules are we playing by tonight? Oh wait a minute! I didn't even bother to go to. I- this is <laughs> wait a minute. Christopher Christopher Irvine is a very important player in oh. this uh, <laughs> in, in this documentary, <laughs> sir. Yes. Adam Copeland, <laughs> Richard Fleer, Richard oh. Fleer. <laughs> oh, way to go, Richie! I like that guy. That guy's got a big future ahead of him. <laughs> All right, <laughs> <laughs> that Richard, old Dick, they call him, from what I hear. <laughs> the guy who wants to be like Paul Roma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he only wishes. <laughs> Oh, hold on. I have got to look this up on IMDb. I didn't even think to do that. And one of the most underrated guys in WWE, Jim Johnston. Can't leave him out. Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. That's that's no laughing matter right there, old Jimmy. Right. That's no but, uh, right while you're looking that up, uh, oh. Weems, let me ask you, sir. Uh, yes. Is this uh, your favorite uh, documentary? Because uh, you inspired this. Uh, what made you uh, suggest this to the Hollywood Hangout? Oh, just because it's one dude, the way they buried him, but everybody loved the DVD. Like I went to Walmart and got it. Like my mom, you know, she got she used to work there, you know what I'm saying? So she got the discount and like but just like a bunch of my old school wrestling friends went and bought the DVD. Yeah, they buried him, but we still everybody loved Warrior. I mean, look, Shaheen tattooed the guy on him. So, you know? Yeah, and let's I mean, I own the DVD, Weebs owns the DVD, Anthony found his D we all own the fucking DVD. Yeah, yeah, and I was fanatical. I actually went to Fye, who had a special two disc edition. Nice. I have the extras on mine also. And uh, I'll be honest, man. It's like I don't know. It's weird. It's a burial, but it. I mean, to me, it's like fifty fifty. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the first half hour, thirty five minutes, they're kind of putting them over. I mean, they, they're a little goofy with the burying of the parts unknown and certain aspects of his character, but they're kind of building them up. But man, that second half of the DVD. Shit, dude. Yeah. Lord. Yeah, I mean, me, me and Boxman were talking before. It's like, well, I mean, was Edge was just starting in WWE, probably when Warrior got fired for the last time. And probably what uh, Jericho was in WCW, right? What, 98 with him? I mean, so it couldn't, they really couldn't cross paths too much, right? No, and uh, I mean uh, the funniest part, which obviously we're gonna get to, is you know tri- <laughs> Triple H had like a three minute match with him, and he was like, "He ruined my first match." Uh, Most unprofessional uh, guy in this business. Can't leave him in this business with Triple H. Yeah, and I'm like, you had that was your first fucking match. <laughs> Who are you to talk about unprofessional? You pretentious little fuck you. Yeah, because he never he he never went on to talk about. Booker T shucking and jiving and dancing, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I. I do see. We do have a lot of uh, a lot of shoot names here. <laughs> uh, but, rattle something. Rattle something all, sir. Let's see. We've got uh, Andre the Giant playing Andre the Giant. We have Eric Bischoff as himself. We have Michael Bolea as Horace Hogan. Uh, <laughs> Steve Borden. Steve Borden plays a couple characters in here. He's the Black Runner Flash. <laughs> and Sting, Adam Copeland as Edge. We have Ted DiBiase, who, of course, that's 
Ted DiBiase. <laughs> um, <laughs> but let's see. Oh, Sid Udi, Mister Psycho Sid, Mister Mister Ouch, my my leg hurts. Softball season. Sid. Yeah, uh, Wayne Ferris, the honky tonk man. He's cool. He's cocky. He's bad. <laughs> I do like the honky tonk man. Come on. He kept himself relevant with the with the internet, which a lot of wrestlers kind of follow suit after, because you know, yeah, you you shoots and all that stuff. Yeah, all yeah. those, uh, yeah, all those KPAB commentary shoots and all that shit. He did uh, did keep himself pretty, pretty fucking relevant. They uh, in some mm-hmm. archive footage, you see uh, Haku Tonga is in there. Howard Finkel, of course, Ric Flair himself. Greg Gagne, Jesus Christ, man, this thing is just packed with people. <laughs> um, oh, shit, you gotta get Greg Gagne, <laughs> pussy made me, Greg Gagne. <laughs> is there a trivia for this? There is a trivia for this. Holy shit, there can't be anything. Oh, hey, okay. We spit facts on this show, don't we? No, there's only mm-hmm. one. There's only one. It says Warrior was offered to take part in the production of this documentary and share his side of the story, but he declined. Um, yeah, why don't you come on this DVD that we're going to totally bury <laughs> you, all right? We're literally going to, like, literally, like, shove your face in a pile of dog shit, all right? No, no, no. No, they actually had a... I, I'm guessing... No, this was actually a plan B, because Box Show loved this, and I know you probably would give your left nut, literally, to get a copy of this footage, since you're such a big Bret Hart fan. Mm. When he made his initial deal to come back to put out his DVD, right? Right. Because he played ball, it was a nice documentary, fair and balanced. They covered the Owen stuff and this uh, Montreal, but it wasn't like the whole DVD. Before he uh, signed on, if he didn't agree to sign on, right, they had an original DVD called Screwed. Okay. The Bret, the Bret Hart story. And it had everybody that wasn't on his main DVD that he didn't want. Like Triple H, had Shawn Michaels, I think Piper was on there burying him, Hogan, Flair, <laughs> and basically, the legend has it that this is somewhere in WWE's archive, somewhere like a like a, a raw copy of the original intended DVD. But Brett played ball, so he didn't get the self destruction treatment. Mm. I'm sure you would have personally put, you would have bought fifty copies of that DVD, wouldn't you? Sir? <laughs> fifty copies. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, B Megs in the uh, chat is actually. By the way, thank you, B Megs. Uh, you just hearted the hell out of our show. Thank you. Um, he said he's never seen this. Did Sting bury him? Sting would not have been on this DVD. This was way before Sting was even considered to be in WWE. I don't think he was in any anything until... I think the network was actually one of his first appearances. Yeah, he would... Yeah. yeah. First or second, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sting was nowhere near coming to WWE. He was, uh, he was just playing Steve. Just playing Steve. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, man, this, uh, they really did bury the living shit out of him. Now, there's some promos and some of the things that we wanted to play. I do have the little clip of him on his thoughts on homosexuality. Um, I got the little 50 second clip. There's a whole one hour version of this. It was the, um, U C C O P or something like that. Just type in warrior queering and it pops right up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and 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 I will say this, you know, in the interest of full disclosure, 
the one thing that I don't like is, and then this is uh, in defense of WWE on this one. I feel like Warrior took a lot of this after the fact and went a little hard on some people unnecessarily. And I think you got know where I'm going with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, yes, yeah. because I feel I feel like you know, we'll, and we'll kind of get to it. But I feel like Bobby Heenan's criticisms were of him as a coworker, as a professional, and <laughs> Warriors were decidedly the opposite of that they were more personal and more mean-spirited and that's the only thing i really didn't like so where you could defend them like yeah they were hard on them blah 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 they mostly focused on him as a professional as a wrestler you know promo ability co-worker there's a difference between i hate you as a co-worker and you deserve this horrible ailment that's basically destroying your life is a big difference to me yeah i would say there there should be a big difference but uh what about you weebs yeah, I mean, he did say he was a man dying of cancer. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, it's, you know, it's Heenan, you know. I know Heenan said a lot of bad stuff, but, yeah, it kind of, it yeah. was kind of a little bit low, you know. And honestly, Heenan, I mean, you could see even in this video, he was a <laughs> yeah. little, a little, you could see he was slipping. He he was slurring. He was, he, he already looked like he was fading away a little bit, lost a ton of weight already in this video. But, yeah, I, I mean, again, I wouldn't wish, I wouldn't, I, I. I would. Mm-hmm. I would. That's just not me. Yeah, then again, we don't know how Warrior felt. You know, maybe maybe his feelings was hurt nuts. It's the only way is a lash black at him. You know. Well, I mean, this. I mean, I don't know how anyone could expect him. Oh, don't take it personally, pal. Are you exactly, kidding? Right? Are you kidding? The shit you said. They they sat there and made fun of the fact that he changed his name to Warrior and. Oh, his wife and kids' names and stuff like that. Wife is, you know, this warrior and that. And I'm like, dude, fuck you. I, bro, them's fighting words, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, but I mean, Fox, but if you really kind of like, as an outsider, that is kind of (laughs) goofy. So what's your name? Warrior. Uh, is it goofy? If somebody box, just just put yourself on the opposite side of that conversation. <laughs> if somebody introduces you, introduces themselves to you as warrior, what would your reaction be initially? Yeah, look, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's not crazy. I mean, the guy was obviously a little, but you know, what, what can you do about that? Meanwhile, he did it. I love Eric Bischoff's reaction was. <laughs> whatever <laughs> and, and 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 the one thing i'll say is this you know they, they one thing i will say they kind of buried his promos and a lot of those early promos were kind of like all over the place mm-hmm. i'll admit but i honestly felt like towards the end of that initial run they were actually becoming more clear and coherent like they buried the few with macho man right i felt like promo wise that was some of his best work in yeah. ring and on the mic. I don't care what nobody says. That shit still holds up to this day. A lot of right. steroids, man. A lot of steroids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. I I know they say fucking Macho wasn't a drug guy, but he had to be. He had to have sniffed a fucking line or two in his days. He was intense, yeah. Oh, he was just the intensity. <laughs> some of the shit he said. I mean, you talk about, you know, old Hellwig here, Warrior being a little nutty on the mic. Then you get fucking uh, Macho Man could go way fucking off the fucking rails. But you oh. notice how you, me- you remember these people. You remember Macho Man. You remember uh, oh, yeah. Warrior. 
you're not going to remember fucking Seth Rollins promos or any of these other guys they're pushing now. So, I mean, that just shows you the quality now. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's play one of these promos here. You guys want to start with the uh, the crash the plane? Oh, yes. That, oh, that dark okay. as shit. Got well, to. All right. Let's go ahead and start with that one real quick. Then we can Let- BS about that. What, 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 what? Yeah, I said, let's start dark. Let's start right. a little dark. You know what? Let's go ahead and preference this promo. This is when he was going up against Hulk Hogan. Um, and Pre-9-11. Yeah, way, way before 9-11. Yeah. This was probably, oh, what, 86? Uh, it would have been like 90, actually. 90? All right. That's, all right. That's probably more like. Yeah, he was cutting a promo on Hulk Hogan. And uh, like Anthony just said, uh, he went dark. He went uh, He went past blue. Let's just put him oh, oh, real quick for you, hit play. Uh-huh. Shout out to Christian, uh, an underrated MVP of this uh, documentary. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I Don't worry, I've got all that. Again, we're going to play some condensed versions of these. But before, let's go ahead and get these out of the way. Here we go. And have a question. Destruction. Do you, Hulk Hogan, show self pity? Do you, Hulk Hogan, try to reason why? Do you, Hulk Hogan, try and comfort the normals that have even more fear than you? Or do you, Hulk Hogan, kick the doors out? Kick the cockpit door down. Take the two pilots that have already made the sacrifice so that you can face this challenge. Dispose of them, Hulk Hogan. Assume the controls, Hulk Hogan. Shove that control into a nosedive, Hulk Hogan. Push yourself to total self-destruction. As you realize, Hulk Hogan, you are about to enter a world close to parts unknown. Oh, smell it, warriors. Do you, Hulk Hogan, look for a place to hide? Or do you, Hulk Hogan, face that challenge that may be more powerful than even you are, Hulk Hogan? You, Hulk Hogan, must self-destruct so that you will know, Hulk Hogan, who is the Chosen One. For Hulk Hogan, I am not the Chosen One that you speak of. I am not. I, Hulk Hogan, am. (sighs) 
That's some creepy shit right there, dude. Right. Um, now, wasn't if you listen to the promo, he wasn't trying to kill him. He was trying to have him crash into parts unknown. Right. So they could battle like warriors. <laughs> see, but see, like if you if you think about it, you can break down his promos. You really yeah. can if you really kind of like really listen to them and dissect them. You can break them down. Yeah, WWE uncreative can't write nothing like that. Trust me. Yeah, but wasn't this like during the time when all those planes were crashing and like all the people they were going on strike and was what wasn't this around that same time? I have no idea. All right. Maybe that was earlier. I don't know. I'm old. I'm yeah, old. I was. I was a kid. I was a kid during that time. Ah, uh, there you go. There you go. You would have been like 15, 16 bucks. You just have. You should have some recall on this one. Yeah, that was ninety. I was what? Uh, let me see. I was like nine years old. Yeah, I honestly don't remember seeing this promo. I must have been. I mean, fifteen, sixteen. I was still traveling. Fifteen. I was still traveling around during the summer. Didn't have much time to watch wrestling. This was before Monday Night Raw. This was, I mean, you would have to watch it on Saturday night's main event, maybe some yeah. Sunday mornings, Saturday mornings yeah, wrestling. Like, yeah, there was no way for me to watch wrestling back in those days. Every weekend we were fucking gone in the middle of nowhere with a fucking. I mean, I didn't get cable till I was in like your middle school. So, I mean, I was basically watching just regular TV, you know? Yeah. Same. <clears throat> yeah. I would have been around like, what, four, four or five at this point. But, um, listening to that promo, God, do you think we missed out on. A heel ultimate warrior because to me this promo kind of showed that he had that psychological he had that psychotic edge to his character because if you really think about it looking back on it he was a good guy but with that psychotic edge to him that could have went heel at any point oh yeah dude i mean he just, i mean the fucking crowd pop when you hear that music dude yeah but i mean, I mean you know i mean wishing for a guy's plane to crash is pretty heel <laughs> i kind of agree with anthony that's kind of a heel move yeah uh, that 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 that's kind of a heel move. Um, oh, justice for Tom McGee, by the way, because that bastard warrior stole his spot when he when he flamed out as Hogan's successor. Warrior got denied. Justice for Tom McGee. <laughs> Mega Man Tom McGee. Yeah, he's supposed to be the next big thing, according to Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, he was supposed to be the man, dude. He was a Strong man, legit weightlifter, and everything. He's he's getting his due now. He's got a whole little match on WWE Network now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next promo is the um, rocket fuel promo. <laughs> you guys know the one I'm talking about, right? Yes. Yes. I think this is off the WWE uh, Network, but uh, let's go ahead and uh, go ahead and play this right now. Let's go ahead and hit it. I was sitting in Capital from a place long from here, and I came here for one reason to attack and keep coming. Not to ask, but just to give. Not to want, but just to send. Send the power of water down everybody's throat in the WWE till they become sick of it. Well, you're gonna get sick of it because this freaking nature right here is just beginning to swell. And when I get big enough, brother, there ain't gonna be room for anybody else but me and all the warriors float through the veins and the power of the warrior. How must I prepare? You must ask yourself, should I jump up? All right, this is basically going through all of his promos 
It's a quick little three-minute video. I might as well play them. What the hell? It's kind of knocking out a bunch of promos in one little shot anyway, right? It gives you a microcosm of an 80s warrior promo. Yeah. Fresh out, fr- fresh off that line. Yeah, this second promo, this second promo, by the way, he has a lot of baby oil on him. I mean, he is glistening. <laughs> he is glistening, this guy. He looks like he just got out of a pool of baby oil. But uh, here we go. The tallest building in the world. Should I lay on the lawn and let him run over me with lawnmowers? Should I go to Africa and let him trouble me with raging elephants? Ah, you can feel it, dude. You can feel it. Load the spaceship with the rocket fuel. Load it with the words. In my final meeting with the gods from the heavens above, as they spoke to me and hit me with the power of the ultimate warrior, they told me, Exit stage left! Exit stage right! There is no place to run! All the fuses in the exit signs have been burned out! With the command of my voice, I raise the level of the worst to one that can't be reproduced! Dig your claws into my organs! Stretch into my tendons! Bury your anchors into my bones! For the power of the warrior will always prevail! Family that I live for only breathes the air that smells of combat! With or without the faceplate, I am the ultimate warrior! Ah, the heavens have opened up from above, and the warriors have spoken! You felt the power that makes the skies rumble, and the earth shake! Come on in, we're nightmares on the best part of my day. I live for anger and frustration. Combat is where we'll be. I look above to the gods, and when you fall below the skeletons of the warriors' past, the power of the warriors will become the eighth wonder of the world. Alright, this is all. I, I, you know what? I can't make sense of any of this shit. I don't know what. what I, <laughs> hey, hey, look. We're not going to make this a complete burial. The one thing, look, the one positive thing I'll say about these promos is they were passionate. Whether you can understand whether they make sense, don't make sense, you could tell that he was passionate about what he was talking about. And that passion, people were able to feed off of that. When's the last time you heard a promo in 2019 that made you emotionally invested like that? You say passion, I say roid rage. Sorry. (laughs) We yeah, remember but as, the Roy Ray. We remember him though. As a kid, you would have loved hearing him screaming and ranting like that. You know? I, as a kid, I did love hearing him screaming yes. and ranting like that. But, but I mean, he got his point across, you know. I, he did, but I mean, <laughs> everyone's in the chat like, "Dig your claws into my organs." What the fuck? Run me yeah, over with lawnmowers. Human anatomy and physiology. He talked about hey. the bones, the muscles, the tendons. Jeez. No. As a kid, though, this shit was fire. It was, let, 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 let's not even sit here and pretend like we were six, seven years old. That didn't make sense. What the fuck is this guy talking about? Oh, you like, yeah. You're eating cereal on a Saturday morning listening to that. Yeah, you're freaking awesome, dude. Oh, you're you looking said, at that shit like it's the fucking world news. Oh, it's you were awesome. You were spilling that cereal. Like that shit was going down. <laughs> that shit was going down. You were jumping up going, yeah. <laughs> Shaking the TV, getting yelled at. Oh, I love that and, shit, and, dude. Go ahead, Anthony. And, and can, and I'm sorry. Can we kind of like put this argument to bed? You know, Warrior was not the greatest wrestler, right? We can agree with that. Right. But I've always maintained that his wrestling style fit the character he was portraying. He was an out-of-control madman running to the ring like a bat out of hell, shaking the ropes, beating people's asses in 30 seconds. It would not make sense 
with this dude running to the ring, cutting these promos, insane promos, and then getting in the ring calmly, doing throwing suplexes, wrestling like Malenko, wrestling like <laughs> Benoit. It, his his wrestling style matched the character he was playing. So I feel like people mm-hmm. kind of like unfairly get on him too much about you know his wrestling ability when his wrestling ability was second nature. It didn't really matter for the character that he was betraying. Even if he could get in there and wrestle like Bret Hart, it wouldn't have fit the character that they had him out there playing. Yeah, even Bosnian said before, how long is a real last fight? Two to three minutes? I mean, this, he's a warrior, you know? It's like, yeah, you wouldn't want to see him go in there and fucking do some masturbatory mat wrestling and shit like that. You know, it's fuck that. You know, it's a warrior. It, it fit his gimmick. It's just like that uh, guy Hiro Matsuda said, told Luger, do clotheslines, power slams. Your body is your money, you know? Yeah. It goes great with your gimmick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, yeah. We was even over there donning his uh, Ultimate Warrior shirt. Yeah. From WrestleMania, when I saw him. There you go. There you go. And uh, trust me, we will definitely get that last promo out of the way. I think I'll play that at the end. Right. But, uh, yeah, because I do have that, of course. Um, all right. Well, I got one more promo, and then um, we can get into other, we can get into some other stuff real quick, and then we'll get into the video as quick as possible. Uh, like, I, I do have a lot of clips, but a lot of the clips just are sort of everyone burying him. So, (laughs) and now that we played these promos, I can sort of go through a few more clips uh, and skim through them a little faster. So let me play this clip right here. This is Ultimate Warrior going nuts on Mean Gene. Oh, Mean Gene. We missed you, buddy. Here we go. Oh, oh, I need volume. Vince McMahon, I've got to pose some of the questions to you, Ultimate Warrior, that Vince just discussed with the World Wrestling Federation champion, Hulk Hogan. First of all, what happened tonight? Ultimate Warrior. What happened tonight was already written, Hulk Hogan. It was written a long time ago when the warriors that came before me and you Yes, I'll do it. Now, what we must do is beyond us, Hulk Hogan. I stood with my back to you, Hulk Hogan. And I knew you would not come. But, Hulk Hogan, when I looked into your eyes, I saw walls. Walls filled with fear. Fear the red dick for you, Hulk Hogan. At Royal Rumble, I needed no friends. I needed no partners. Every man stands by himself like the ultimate warrior. Always has! But Hulk Hogan, you still do not understand. You still have mistrust. I need not your protection, Hulk Hogan. Look on the wall at the Joe Lewis Arena. The warriors that could not come have attached themselves to the outer structure, Hulk Hogan. They're seeping through, dealing me, feeding me with the power to survive. They ride on my back for my protection. I need not you, Hulk Hogan. And if you look closer, you will notice red and yellow, the colors of Hulkamania, Hulkamaniacs that are questioning. Do you have, Hulk Hogan, what it takes to be the most powerful force in the entire universe? Hulk Hogan, look at me, Hulk Hogan. Look at me! Without the paint, Hulk Hogan, the desire to withstand the pain 
and give you the utmost in battle and combat at WrestleMania 6 still stands. Oh, Hogan, for I am the chosen one. I get the impression that we've got a loose cannon on our hands, ladies and gentlemen, with the Ultimate Warrior. We're going to be back with James Buster Douglas. Okay. Uh, by the way, there was no yellow behind that promo. There, there, there was there was red, but there was no yellow. It was pretty white, actually. Um, but hey, maybe he's colorblind and no one knew that either. Who knows? You know how many parents probably wanted to do that to me and Jim for making us call that hotline and getting us in trouble? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, boy. Um, all right, you guys want to go ahead and get to the actual movie? Yeah. Sure. Want to do this? Sure. All right. Let's yeah. go. Obviously, again, we're talking about the warrior. They do start off a little um, lighthearted, kind of getting to his uh, his career a little bit, where he started him teaming with uh, Steve Borden, who obviously became Sting. And, uh, you know, like I said, a little lighthearted, not much, uh, not really burying him yet. They, um... <laughs> I would disagree. Well, uh, uh, Jim Ross, I, lo- I love well, JR to death, but he he got, he got us off on a good start. Yeah, <laughs> you know what, JR did start. sort of like, you know, he looked good, but, uh, <laughs> you know what, like, let's go ahead and start playing some of this. I got volume on there. Let's go ahead and start right where I got this video going here, right here. All right, you got some music behind all this, of course. So here we go. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me start it. All right, now let me do this. Here we go. On here, hold on. Give me a second. These timestamps are not no big deal. All right, here we go. These big, overly muscular physiques are really getting in the fashion. He was the head turner, and so was his partner. I mean, the, the two of them with their face painted and their hands and their, you know, their, they were ripped. Uh, the guy who eventually became Sting, I would say almost started out. I mean, they had had a few matches. They were from California. They had had a few matches. But they came into Memphis in our territory and were, quite frankly, green as gourds. They already looked terrific. They had great physiques. It was one of those cases where you knew there was a lot of potential there. But in our small territory that we had there in Memphis, it was tough to let somebody learn. I mean, everybody that we had there had to really contribute. And these guys needed to be somewhere where they could have more of a learning experience there. And so they didn't really have a very long stay. But I knew that I was going to be seeing them down the road somewhere. He was Sting's tag team partner in uh, the UWF uh, back in the early 80s. and they He were- was, and uh, by the way, Sting was jacked as fuck back then, dude. Yeah, big power lifter, yeah. Yeah, big fucking yeah. bad motherfucker. And, uh, you know, they show the Road Warriors. They were, you know, they said those two guys were sort of their, their answer. The Blade Runners were their answer to the Road Warriors at the time. Um and then we get into the dingo war here a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, Anthony, you were about to say something? Oh, no, I was going to say, what the hell is a dingo? <laughs> like that. <laughs> a wild dog? Yeah. Oh, there we go. But just the way Vince said, what is a dingo warrior? And Bruce Pritchard, <laughs> nobody really knew what a dingo was. Like, <laughs> we got a little bit too much of Bruce Pritchard on this, uh, documentary. <laughs> Uh, he, 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 we really did, didn't we? 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he really... We, we did get a lot of Bridgeway, but like I say, we also got, uh, luckily, we've, we got a lot of Bobby Heenan on this one. Um, and yeah. Bobby Heenan did not disappoint. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, we're going to play in full his Andre story, because that never gets old. The Andre Warrior story <laughs> never I've, gets old. <laughs> I've got that in here. Don't you worry, sir. Uh, but yeah, um. You know what? Matter of fact, I got a clip right here starting with Heenan. Um, again, talking a little bit about the uh, the olden days and uh, a little bit about the Dingo Warrior, actually, is where we start off right here. You know, great body. You know, he's got hair like a rocker. And I figured Vince will figure out something to do with him and make him himself and both of them a lot of money. Because he just looks like he was going to be good. He has a natural charisma and, and a presence of body. And when you first meet him, you, you feel that. Dingo Warrior, a man who comes in with a great reputation for being able to outmuscle his opponents and use that awesome power of his to their advantage. I think he and Vince agreed that the Dingo Warrior didn't play quite so good, plus they wanted to remove it from, from that Texas promotion. When I first heard the name <laughs> Dingo oh, Warrior, I kind of warrior is a dingo warrior <laughs> pause for a second i did <laughs> I, I, I love it i love how in one in one sentence they buried not only the warrior but they also buried world class you know oh, that te- yeah. that texas promotion <laughs> like, yeah. like, come on we know dwccw right yeah. <laughs> even pritchard got a shot in uh, uh world class was a uh, an outfit outside of dallas like <laughs> It was just this little mom and pop operation that never shit shit. Oh, the, 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 trust me, this the, this whole thing was just a burial, bro. Burial. Oh god, I love how WWE. I mean, they've gotten better, but uh, man, these late nineties, early two thousand DVDs were gold. <laughs> and just don't acknowledge nobody. Well, and, and I mean, obviously, you know, we're gonna get into it as we go, and obviously, the hypocritical thing about this whole thing is the big deal they made when this guy came back, the Warrior Award. And then, uh-huh. you know, and we're sitting here, you know, and we we see all that, you know, happening over the last few years. And then you go back and you watch this and you're like... <laughs> well, Box, the, even during that time period, think about this. This came out, what, 2004, 2005, right? Uh, so you would have been like... Uh, hold on. Two, uh, motherfucker, hold on. 2005, year ago. So let me ask you this. At the time, you know, and I can ask both of you guys this, right? So when this first came out, and you see the documentary, how it plays out, and they basically shit on this guy, did you feel some type of way because you were fans growing up? And WWE basically told you, if you are a fan of this guy, you are an idiot. If you bought the action figures, if you bought the VHS tapes, if you bought the posters, and if you liked this guy at any point in your career, you were a fucking idiot. That's what I did not like about this DVD. They basically painted this guy as a complete moron. He was inept at the job, but not too long, not too terribly long before you put this DVD out, he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. He was the successor to fucking Hulk Hogan. All right. They basically, it was a slap in the face if you were a fan of the guy. I mean, Hogan passed the torch to the guy. He couldn't have been that fucking bad for us to sit there rooting for him all those years, right? Well, 
well, Slaughter's not sure if he really passed the torch or what the hell it was. You know, Slaughter wasn't totally sure. Right. Yeah. Oh, 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 Hogan took his heat at the end. Like, look at <laughs> he did take his heat on it. Take his heat from you know, him. Hogan took it, right? Not Terry Bollea, right? Yeah, of course. Right. Of course. Sergeant <laughs> Slaughter was hilarious in this because Sergeant Slaughter didn't Slaughter didn't bury him, but he took a lot of backhanded like slaps at him. Like he didn't he wouldn't be like, Well, the guy's horrible in the ring. He's like, you know, he <clears> probably could have used a little more work before we put him out there, but uh he was like, you know, very very diplomatic about it. Unlike unlike Ted DiBiase. Oh, Ted DiBiase basically was just like, fuck that guy. Slaughter also skipped leg day at the gym. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll play a little more of the Dingo Warrior, and then we'll move on a little bit in the video a little bit. But uh, let's let's play a little little, little bit of the Dingo. That doesn't sound too menacing to me. There was never any intention to use the Dingo Warrior. No one really was show what a dingo was and the interesting part was was that there was really never an intent to use the warrior and at the time there were the road warriors animal and hawk who were wrestling for jim crockett promotions and outside of dallas there was kerry von eric and kerry von eric was also known as the modern day warrior and vince wasn't too keen on having another warrior and in describing what he saw for this character that he saw for Jim Helwig, he kind of combined, he said he's, he's so much more than the Road Warriors. He's more than the modern day warrior. He, he's, he's the ultimate warrior. And then just kind of stopped for a minute and went, that's it. He's the ultimate warrior. All right. Um, Pritchard uh, over there auditioning for his future as a podcaster, apparently. I know there. you heard those impressions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Pritchard over there using shoot names, trying to fucking bury the dude already right there, by the way. You know, you, you, little digs like that. Little digs like that in this video. Um, again, brings you back to uh, now, and, you know, we, we get the Warrior Award. and He's uh, a great guy. They whitewash a lot. Yeah, you know. But in fairness, look, I mean, I understand what you're saying, Box, but in fairness... When they brought him back, I feel like a lot of like water was kind of like put under the bridge. He kind of made peace with the people he needed to make peace with. They made peace with him. So I, I kind of get it. I think they kind of like are heavy, too heavy handed with, with some things where they try to like sweep too much under the rug about the guy because the guy was a piece of shit in some way, in a lot of ways. But I get why they kind of like try to make peace, which is why I feel like you'll never see this documentary released ever again. Like on the network, because it would kind of be like shitty to put it out. Oh, we release it if the guy can't defend himself. Oh, absolutely, yeah, definitely, and literally, it would be a, a, again. He'd be slapping the fucking Warrior Award in the face and his wife and all that shit. No, no, no. But uh, there's actually a movie in 1970s, like five or six, that came out that was named The Ultimate Warriors, like a post-apocalyptic movie. I don't know if y'all knew about that one, but no, you huh? run, yeah, no, awesome. Yeah, you can look it up. <laughs> no. Uh, now, you mentioned him being a piece of shit. Obviously, one of the main things <laughs> he was known for being a piece of shit for. Let's go ahead and just play. I, like I said, it's only 56 seconds. I got the quick clip of it because I didn't. Like I said, if you want the whole version, just type in Ultimate Warrior Queering. It'll pop right up. As civilization, nothing subject to moral relativity is left out between these two extremes. That the bow is as legitimate 
as the businessman, that homosexual, homosexuality, don't have an orgasm on me, honey. <laughs> down off my politically correct horse. <laughs> that, that, that queers are as legitimate as heterosexuals. How are they not? That the anarchists, because queering doesn't make the world work. <laughs> as civilization. Okay. Ah. Uh. Wow. No, um, <laughs> I am not defending what he just said, but I, I've i always thought what he meant. Again, we know Warrior is not the best at expressing what he's thinking and putting what he's thinking into actual words that sound good. It almost sounds like he's just saying two guys can't make babies. Yeah, I've heard that when I was a kid. God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. So, I mean, I was. Right, yeah. I mean. A lot of Catholics said that, you know, they didn't believe in homosexuality. So, you know. Yeah, but I mean, you know, and this was during a motivational speech of his. Again, if you <laughs> you can play, hear the whole speech. But, I mean, the, the, the crowd loves every minute of this, by the way. Now, oh my God, this would be. This guy now would be just crucified. He, he wouldn't have a career. If he said this in 2019, luckily he said this a long time ago, and I believe he's apologized for this video um, a couple of times, but and I and clarified what he meant. But uh, there's one of the reasons everyone calls this guy a piece of shit. That's just you know <clears throat> one of yeah. them. Uh, some of it stems from you know this video and the whole holding up Vince for money. And trust me, we'll definitely get into that. Um, but uh, this website. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Remember, yeah. I used to read some of those parables, and uh, <laughs> I've got, I've got another one of those injection of inspiration videos that he did. Well, <laughs> yeah, not it was. Those were about what two years before he actually went back to WWE. No years. I'm talking. These, these were like uh, mid two thousands. Actually, were they that old? Like, oh my god. Yeah, he had like it was like an ultimate create. He would do like these blog, basically what would become known as blogs. He would mm -hmm. like write. He wrote something on like British Bulldog. He did something on um Katrina, that would cut him a lot of heat. <laughs> I think it's called like Warrior Machete or something like that, right? Yeah, something like that. Ultimate Creations, and he would just basically he would sell his shit on there. But he would just to kind of drive traffic. He would do like blogs on it. And he pretty much got heat when he wanted. He fucking just was pretty much cutting promos on shit. World events yeah. and people and all that shit. Yeah. Sounds like Warrior. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for, they, they keep talking about his popularity a little bit from in the in, in this a little bit. And he was. He was very popular. And I feel like you can't diminish what the guy accomplished. You can't diminish what he meant to that era. He fit the era. He fit the generation. And he was over. He was fucking over. You, can't, you can never take that away from the man. Like, Tony Atlas always defended him and said a lot of people was pissed off that he made so much money. That was one of the main reasons why people didn't like him. Yeah, I mean, those dude. I mean, they're showing it right here. I mean, his T-shirts were selling. This guy sold. 
He was he was a merch seller, and come on, we all know WWE loves people that can sell merch. Oh, if you can sell merch, that and you honestly, you know why they, you know why people hated him the most. I feel like he wasn't a wrestling fan. He didn't get into the business because he it was a lifelong passion. He didn't work hard and scratch and claw for ten years prior. He literally got into the business and within two years was one of the hottest things going. Right. Hall and yeah. said it best, you know, if you're not here to make money, you're fucking Mark. Bottom line. He, you know? he treated it like a business. And it's like, yeah. I get it. Like, at the end of the day, everybody's not in the business for the same things. Mm-hmm. Some people get into it for a passion, an art form. Some people get, in it, get into it to make money. He was in it about the money. And he got over in the, pro- in, in the process. You can't get mad at that. He was like 39 when he retired in WCW. He's a fucking multi-millionaire. You know how smart that is, dude? Most people got to work till they what, 66? Shit. Yeah, dude. You know, and you know what? Like we've said, Kevin Nash is the exact same person I think of when I when I think of what Warrior was doing, and it's something Nash would have done. I don't think Nash has ever actually trashed Warrior. So has he? <laughs> yeah, they had a little. You know, go if you go on YouTube, yeah, Warrior oh, chat, Warrior challenged him to a fucking fight. Nash responded. They went back and forth for a little oh, bit. Oh, that's right. I do remember that now. <laughs> like, like Jesus Christ, two guys in their mid fucking fifties going back. It was it was internet gold, bro. Dude, if that Sony Prince was around back then, he'd have fucking booked it, dude. Trust me. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. If, if trust me, bro. Like if Renegade now. was still alive, he'd be getting a call right now. Yeah, if brother, Warrior was alive, need they would put the face paint on, brother. They won't know the difference. <laughs> they would book that shit now. Eh? Never too <laughs> soon. Oh yeah, they'd put a couple of braces on Kevin Nash's knees. Let him, let him, let him click on out there. Um. Anyway, now we get to a part where. Jericho is talking a little bit about him. And by the way, Jericho's great. <laughs> as usual. Jericho's his usual self in these videos. I'm sorry, Mr. Irvine. Chris Irvine <laughs> is really good. Um, and you know, if Jericho wants to trash somebody, he'll just trash somebody. So here we go. And, and I, yeah, oh, he's go ahead, pretty good about it. He's, he's pretty diplomatic. He, does, he shits on him a little bit, but he kind of keeps it like, because you could tell he was a fan growing up. You can't, and he even says that in the video. He was, a, he was a fan growing up, but you know, this was a diss video. You know, I mean, this was, <laughs> this was exactly what it was. So, box using his hip hop roots. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. those, uh, those roots. <laughs> oh Jesus, let's just play the video now that we're doing this. You just made it awkward, Weebs. Here we. <laughs> He had the best ring music, so you know the lights would go down. It was high tempo from the moment he stepped through the curtain. He was the only guy that didn't walk to the ring. He'd run straight to the ring. Here he comes. He was hyper. You would think he just had ten cups of coffee before he entered the ring. Here he comes, full speed ahead. He's by the way, yes, that was the Brooklyn Brawler going, oh, you think he had 10 cups of coffee before he got <laughs> oh. to the ring? <laughs> and can I say this? Like, I, I know he doesn't work there anymore, mm-hmm. but I swear, I'm, I want to see this guy's royalty paychecks because we can probably back me up on this. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn Brawler, it was a period of time where he was on every goddamn DVD WWE put out. It didn't matter what the subject was. Yeah. He was, <laughs> it was like, Brawler, we need you. 
<laughs> he was the actual original MVP. He used the name MVP as dressed up as a baseball player. Really? Uh, well, yeah. According to some, he was he, he was like that resident expert for like every DVD for a minute. Yeah, there's rumors about him and Patterson, but uh, we didn't go there. According to a few people, he was on the <laughs> uh, on the bearskin rug. He's uh, on so switch it, no. Both teams. According to, uh, I believe it was, um, <laughs> who was that? Kamala that made the song, right? He mentioned Steve push Lombardi. Yeah. Yep, push it and pull it. I don't know if you ever heard that one, Anthony. No, well, no, no. Um, oh, do I dare play it? It's really, oh, you can. I can't. It's really an IYH staple. <laughs> so I don't want to, I'm going to give them credit because they've played this song a ton of times. Uh, on in your head, so you guys can check them out on Tuesdays, and uh, yeah, I, I'll 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 find it. Hold on, push it, push it good. No, push it real. Oh, not that one. Oh, no, push it and push it and pull it. There we go. Uh, yeah, you're gonna. Oh, this is longer than I thought it was. We'll 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 play a little bit of this. Let's just see if this is the right one here. The one with him and his son talking first. Yeah, but this seems like a different... Oh, this is just a song. Here we go. Yo, yo, bro. Kamala here. Thinking back when I was in the farm of WWL. All the things that went on. I would just like the floor sweep of the janitor. Who you could just talk over his head and it would never be picked up. <laughs> but let me tell you something. I remember it all. You kept me broke when I know I put asses in the seats. But you paid your lovers. The one that go meet to meet the old drug test of sham. You let who you want pass. Now Steve been there for 25 years. A damn sure piece of ass. I saw you one time. Put your head in Rikishi's ass. Now that was on national TV. Everybody saw that. They sure did. But I could tell that you felt that home. The long it lasts. Push it and pull it. Push it and pull it. All right, I'm gonna play a little more, Anthony. But so wow. so I, far, I, what do you think? I mean, you're, you just heard him say Steve. Yeah, I, I, my mind is trying to process. I will say this: <laughs> the, I like the beat. I like the beat. <laughs> kind of go meet to meet. Yeah, <laughs> kind of go meet to meet. I mean, it, it, it's no Eddie Murphy party all the time. No. no, but uh, <laughs> Kamala has a little bit of flow. He, at least he's staying on beat. I'll say that for him. Beat to me. He's talking about docking. The fat lip Venice starts screaming like a girl. Push it. You know that's what he like. Now he like that. Just be obedient. Do what the man tell you if you want your job. Now I razzle old Hogan and the Ooh, ultimate warrior so many times. They stopped believing that wrestling was real. Stir us and blown their mind. 
<laughs> now if you don't like what I'm saying, we don't need no rain. It's Kamala time now, time for me to make a scene. No more tackles, no more leapfrogs, no more bear hugs, no more arm drag. Drop down, get it again. No more top rope, no more headbutts, no more time to go home. Stay and fight like a man. Push it and pull it. Push it. All right. So he, I, this actually is topical. This is Hogan and uh, Ultimate Warrior saying their mind was blown from steroids. They thought mm-hmm. wrestling, thought wrestling I was real. It. I could believe that. <laughs> yeah, they thought they uh, thought wrestling was real, and uh, you know, surprised you didn't throw Bret Hart in there. Bret Hart still thinks it's real too. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Anthony, you 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 you've never heard this, huh? No, I I probably have just through all of the wrestling I've consumed in my lifetime. I just don't remember it, but uh, that was uh, interesting. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I'm not even it halfway was, it, through. It was actually pretty good. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty good. Yeah, oh, I'm not even halfway through. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to play the rest. Once again, though, I do want to definitely, I never would have heard that if it was not for In Your Head with uh, <laughs> Jackie Jones and um, One Inch Biceps over there. So, uh, yeah, I've definitely got to give them credit. I cannot play this without giving them credit for it. it, it would when be, did this come out, by the way? Oh, I don't know, but uh, but it was just years ago. Yeah. Years ago, but I mean, obviously, oh. it was when I would must have been during the Attitude Era, is what I'm thinking. Because it, no, 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 this was like this was only a few years ago. It wasn't that long? It wasn't like, that long? Like, well, like four or five years ago. I don't know. Yeah, because I started in your head in 2009, so it was a few years ago. Anthony, if you want to type, I mean, I'll, I'll I mean, I, I, well, I guess I already typed in a YouTube. What the hell? Uh, <laughs> this intro with him and his son, where his son says he's going to WWE, and Kamala tells him why he can't go because he's black and all this and that. If you hear that part, that's the intro. Yeah, you're right. That is the yeah. whole intro to it. I can't find that one. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what year. I don't know. I'm not going through and figuring that shit out. We need to get to the fucking video. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, so. There you go, little uh, little little more bearskin rug with Warrior even, yeah. <laughs> and Mister Lombardi. Uh, he mentions a few of them by name. I'm not sure if Warrior ever thought wrestling was real. Maybe no. he maybe he stiffed the shit out of Kamala once or twice, but uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, shit, Kamala also thought they were painting a banana on his chest, on his stomach. I mean. Years. That's one of the collectible Hasbro's too. Oh. I think that Doug collects, huh? The Kamala ones. Well, when we get to it, I actually, I actually uh, have a little quote that might uh, explain why Kamala made that statement about Warrior thinking it was real. Because I, I pulled, a, I found a few quotes from uh, Bobby Heenan and uh, Warrior right, that you'll you'll find interesting with, once ahead. we get to it. Oh, all right. All right. You want to do it now, or you want me to? Uh, you can play, uh, finish playing that uh, clip, and I can pull it up real quick. All right, yeah, I was playing a little bit more of that about the, about the entrance, and you know, it's funny. I always, I always think of this scene when Shaheen says that uh, you know Bobby Roode is nothing more than an entrance and stuff like that. I always think of this scene in this video. I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe he's right sometimes. But uh, here we go. He just broke the record for the two twenty. Shake the ropes. <laughs> and have you ever seen anyone head to the ring with this kind of equipment? 
was definitely one of the most high energy entrances you know I ever saw, and I think that's probably what got people caught up. This place is going bananas! I never heard a louder ovation when the Ultimate Warriors music played. It actually made my ears ring. All right, now at least they admit you gotta love the guy. I mean, you you, <laughs> you had to love Warrior, especially back in those days. He was fucking intense. The music itself would just pump people the fuck up. And I mean, you yeah. said it right there, you know, just that that's what he needed. That was what he that's exactly what people were looking for back then. How and many people go wrestle? How many people go wrestle after that long ass into the ring, though? Oh, dude, that's why his matches were short. He was blowing the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Even as a kid, I could I, you could tell like he was just like he get to the ring. He's shaking the ropes. And, and what always cracked me up was his whole gimmick, right? He's, he's, he's a strong man, right? He's mm-hmm. big ass muscles, but you could clearly see him struggling with some of these jobbers holding them up for the press slam. <laughs> Cause he's sucking so much wind and then he just drops them and walks away. <laughs> drops him, puts his foot on him and just walks the fuck away. Again, dude, heel move. <laughs> Putting your foot on him is a heel move. Right. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, they, they basically from from this point until my next clip, basically what they're doing is uh, talking about his entrance and how basically, you know, he's blown up as soon as he gets to the ring. Um, and from the next clip, we get into the Bobby Heenan weasel story. Yes. And I mean, again, there's no way we were going to get through this video without playing the Bobby Heenan weasel suit story. And um, let's just go. Like I said, the, from the from there on, they talk about how he was just gassed before he got to the ring from running to the ring. But uh, here we go with probably one of the best stories on. And this is where, I mean, we're 13 minutes in, and this is where the burial starts, really. Yep. 13 minutes in. 13.09 to be exact. <laughs> Yeah, and some of these people, you could tell, they took glee. I wouldn't be surprised if they said, look, Vince, I'll do this for you on the house. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I got some shit to say. <laughs> and even Mean Gene looked like he was ready to jump in and trash this guy for anything. He didn't care. But uh, here we go. Let's go ahead with this. The Ultimate Warrior has vowed to beat Bobby the Brain Heenan and stuff him in the... By the way, this is Madison Square Garden, 1988. This weasel suit. Oh, stop it, Jim. Weasel suit was my invention. And I started that in the AWA with uh, Greg Gagne. The crowd chanting, weasel, weasel. And since it was my suit and I owned it, I suggested doing it with someone. I, I would have preferred Hogan or somebody, but the warrior was over at the time, and Vince decided that he wanted me to go with him, so I said, sure. I love the disdain in in his voice, in Heenan's voice. He's like, I really want Hogan, but you know, Warrior, eh, whatever. The guy was fucking over, so Vince said, do it. And I said, oh, whatever you want, Vince. Hey. (laughs) Go ahead, Anthony. Now, um, these quotes that I pulled, I pulled from a website called, uh, because I want to get him credit because it's a great website. ProWrestlingStories.com. They basically get into like the behind the scenes of uh, guys that had legitimate heat with each other. So yeah. I want to give those guys a shout out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I follow them on Facebook. They always have some really good shit. Okay, uh, I want to get into the Bobby Heenan quote first because it ties into uh, the weasel, 
Evil Sue story you just played. Okay, go for so it. So let me see. Say the exact quote, according to the late great Bobby the Brain Heenan. I don't like the Ultimate Warrior. He wasn't raised as a wrestler. He wasn't in the business because he loved wrestling. He was a guy who used to work out, and he thought this was easy money. He had a great body, and his paint looked good, and his hair was long. It all stopped there. Once the bell rang, it was over. <laughs> um, he just he uh let me see. Uh, he just he just wasn't an, an athletic kind of guy to me. He looked like he was clumsy all the time, and he wouldn't listen. You tell him not to clothesline because I got a bad neck. I jumped up on the apron. I told him to come from behind and run me into the post. So he runs from behind and clotheslines me. In the dressing room, I said, hey, why'd you do that? I wasn't prepared for the bump because I never know where I'm going to be. Just disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Whenever somebody says, once the bell rang, it's over, I always lose my shit. (laughs) Slaughter says it. DiBiase, Heenan says it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once that bell rings, it's over, folks. <laughs> hey, Warrior called it in a ring, bro. <laughs> Even Steve, dude, when Steve Lombardi is trashing you, you should really fucking feel pretty bad. See, that's probably what really got him. He's like, fucking Steve Lombardi is trashing <laughs> right? me. The Brooklyn Brawler is, is comes on here and trashes me. Fuck. You think that, that might have been his trigger? <laughs> that would that that would be part. Of the, the family would have been my trigger, but this definitely would have been a second. This definitely would have been a second. Mister fucking Steve Lombardi trashing my ass. I'm like fuck this guy. <laughs> but anyway, that's the other here and over there. Let's go ahead and play a little more of the weasel story. The, we- the weasel. Look at this. The Ultimate Warrior has the weasel suit in his hand. That's not me. With a big weasel tail on it. And look at the face on Bobby Heaton. It's like a death look. He's definitely afraid of that thing. He never understood how the match went. He just it's one of those guys you couldn't tell him. Do it this way, do it that way. Slow down. And he would rush everything. I think he is out. He is out. The round comes for the I just wanted to get out of it. That was the last Weasel Suit match I had. I don't know where the Weasel Suit went. It disappeared. Yeah, they 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 totally trash him in this match, of course. And you know, it. it I had I had to play all that. Obviously, it's a really funny story. But God damn, dude! First of all, that Weasel Suit barely fit Heenan still. <laughs> Not a matter of fact that Greg Gagne got it for his new G's horse. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> and, and, and and honestly, you you say that box, but I got an observation on that one. You could tell you say uh, he couldn't he could barely fit into that weasel suit, right? Mm-hmm. That right there is the difference between a Vern Gagne check and a Vince McMahon check. Because uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. clearly, Poppy was eating well by eighty by the uh, mid to late eighties. <laughs> yep, yep, definitely, man. Um, and after that, they get into the parts unknown. Yeah, this bit. is this is where it got petty, petty because you bury the guy's gimmick, gimmick mm-hmm. uh, location, right? But leave it to the pedophile. I'm sorry, Jerry Lawler, to actually make sense of it. 
<laughs> of course, yeah. And I'm I I actually didn't have this to play, but now that I'm looking at it, I paused it. I gotta play this. Lawler equal age unknown. Age unknown. <laughs> <laughs> but but believe it or not, Lawler was actually one of the one of the few old school guys on this set that actually kind of like stood up for Warrior at different points. Yeah, I didn't think Hogan buried him that much either. You know. See, I thought and... Hogan did. Who Hogan? Hogan wanted to break this guy's legs. That's kind of burying you. Yeah, but I mean, everybody buried him, but Hogan at least had a bunch of good stories and stuff like that. But he, I don't think he buried him as much, you know. Well, Hogan, yeah, probably, no, you know, Hogan, yeah, Hogan yeah. paying like a good fellow. Right? I didn't believe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Hogan doesn't strike me as like. A, I'm not saying he's a pussy, but I'm not. He never struck me as like a tough guy like that, where he's gonna take somebody out back in like two. Exactly, right? Like he never. He don't strike because it was a couple points in here like. And old school to me, brother said, like, let's, let's just take this guy out back. The f- Hogan, he not built like that. No, that would have been like David Schultz and maybe a couple other people. It wasn't a hot No, Hogan ain't built like, I'm sorry. He a big dude, but I can't see him being built like that. Like, yeah, let, mm. man, let's take this guy out back for a minute. Dude, yeah. Give us a few minutes. <laughs> That's a guy who had his legs broken, man. I don't know, man. I think Hogan <laughs> might actually do something like that. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know, but let's go ahead and get into a little bit of a parts unknown. Say uh, parts unknown could be parts hidden on Spain. I don't know, but I heard that a foreign object comes from there. Come on, <laughs> are you sure this is the place? Come on, you want to see it? Come on. Oh, come on, Mr. Heenan, give us a break. You... All right, come on, Alfred. You too, hey. You... You come on, you're in this too. Someone say it could be Wizard Beach. Parts unknown is a little island off the coast of Costa Rica. It's actually derived from the Spanish parte Anune. So a long time ago, Samu, the Russian butcher, came from there. He was a Russian transplant in Costa Rica at this island, parte Anune. And it just kind of transcended from generation to generation. And Warrior's great, 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 great grandfather on his sister's side was from parte Anune. There are four parts unknown. Okay, I love how Jericho buries them. But does it in the funniest way possible. Right. See how he does that? That's how you bury somebody <laughs> and not get shit for it. But uh, let's keep going. Mean Gene. Got to hear Mean Gene talk. You know where truth or consequences is? It's 21 miles east of there. Parts unknown. I see the sign when I drive into town every time. Others still could say it's somewhere between purgatory and heaven. Hailing from parts unknown. There we go. They literally trashed this gimmick for another four minutes. I think Taker was from what, Dead Valley when he first debuted or something like that? No, no, Miles, play a little more of that. We don't need Lombardi, but I think, like like I said, Lala actually does make sense of it and puts it in the context. Here, hold on. I just passed that Lala part. Hold on one second. Give me one minute here. We'll get right back to that part. Here we go. Lala. He really was bigger than life. And when you start saying, well, the warrior is from Los Angeles or Des Moines, Iowa, I think it humanizes that person or that character. And I think that the warrior always wanted his character to be bigger than life. The wildness of this ultimate warrior is going to... You're right. I mean, Jerry does make a little bit of sense of it. And it should be like that. You know, he, he again, he's probably, you know, trying to walk his own little line there himself. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's that that could explain it a little bit. But still, when I was a kid, anyone from Parts Unknown was awesome. 
Right? Yeah. If you were from Parts Unknown, I was like, yeah, Parts <laughs> Unfucking Known, baby. And look, let's lay it on the table. The top three gimmick hometowns for a wrestler, you got to have Parts Unknown, Truth of Consequences, New Mexico, and Death Valley. Yep. Not necessarily in that order. Exactly. <laughs> no, you're right, dude. All three of those, man. All three of those are definitely contenders. Are you throwing bad streets? No. <laughs> what? Michael Hayes joke. Bad street. No. <laughs> I won't. I will not. Um, <laughs> Stars and bars. Ox, that's your kind of song. Oh, jeez. <laughs> bad street. <laughs> Atlanta G. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fucking Michael Hayes. He's probably drinking a a glass of wild turkey right now. How the fuck did he move up in WWE so quick? That's another bearskin rug. (laughs) Yeah, I think he spent a little time on that bearskin rug. Aren't there pictures of him (laughs) on a bearskin rug? Jesus Christ. Doc Hendricks. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, shit. All right. uh, And once again, we get Bobby Heenan talking. Again, we're going to get to the next part after Parts Unknown where they start dissing this guy and trashing him. And I believe no one wanted their town to be associated with him. So they probably paid him 50 bucks. Or so. I don't say you're from Ohio. Thank you for your support. Oh, shit. And I, by the way, I missed, I missed the part in there where he actually said he was just too stupid to know where he came from. No. <laughs> <laughs> Here's 50 bucks. Look, man, look. Shit like that is why I miss Bobby Heenan, man. <laughs> Give him 50. Here's 50 bucks. Don't tell nobody you from Ohio. Now they get into the uh, Intercontinental match with Honky Tonk Man when, when he was, uh, you know, kind of a record holder in holding the IC title. And once again, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I love the Honky Tonk Man. I do. I, I know he's. Same. I know he's kind of a garbage trash kind of guy, but guys, you know, I, 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 my dad hey. is one of the biggest Elvis fans in the world. Hey. And, and Bobby Heenan said it best. He was a great entertainer. He was. Yeah. He was. And, you know, like I said, with my dad being a huge Elvis fan, he was a Honky Tonk Man fan. And uh, it was just always great shit. And, yeah, I mean, Warrior was the one that came down, though, and, and broke that fucking streak and literally beat him in, like, a few seconds or a minute. Now, Box, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. Do you have any memories? Because I, I, I don't think I've ever seen footage of this. You have any memories of when Honky Tonk Man actually debuted as a babyface? I don't. It was, it was. It had to be like mid '80s, but he was supposed to be a babyface, and they just kept booing the shit out of him. Listen, asking me to remember stuff is <laughs> not the best idea in the world. I think we know this. By now. I think we figured this one out by now. My memory is shot. I remember certain things. But remember Florida? Well, I remember everything. Well, Florida was Jesus Christ, such a good fucking time. But uh, Warrior literally came in, came down to the ring, threw four punches, Warriored himself up, picked him up, scoop slam, and then basically, uh, hold on, we got a shoulder tackle, and basically won the match. And look, listen to that crowd mm-hmm. go awry. Yeah, they went, they it. went insane, man. Like, think about it. We get a new champion right now, we're about to, right now, brother. We get a new champion. The place 
fucking place went nuts, man. And history that, and that, has been made. And that proves that it's not it's not about it's not so much about the moves. It's about emotional investment, people caring about the characters, and then the match is secondary at the end of the day, because think about it. Even by 80 standards, people are looking at, yeah, the match kind of was like, yeah, but Warrior's pretty cool. Let's you cheer. think Beefcake would have got that pop? See, no. See, right. that's, <laughs> no. that's the problem now. It, it, people want that. They want the move set. They want the flippy-dippy. They want this, and it's like, you know, that's why I'm, I'm kind of Digging this Lars Sullivan thing is kind of a throwback. He goes out there, he whips the guy's ass, and he walks the fuck out, basically. Mm-hmm. That I like. And Warrior wasn't, you know, he, he was never the badass heel, but he was always just the guy. And, I mean, you know, we were talking about earlier the, the reason everything fit him so well. He was the guy that would go out there, do the power moves, kick someone's ass, and get the fuck out. Yeah, not every match had to be a fucking 20-minute match. Jeez. Yeah, what was uh, JR's old catch? One of his old catchphrases, he, folks. He's not working by the hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what. You know, JR is also one of JR's biggest catchphrases is maximize your minutes. Yeah. And I'll tell Business you what. Dude, pick up. Yeah, in my opinion, this is a guy who maximized every minute on television. Whether he had three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, that guy went out there. The crowd popped. He did his shit in the ring. And, 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 I mean, like I said, this is a guy all of us will remember forever. He and, had uh, great matches. He had great matches with Hogan, with Savage, with Rude. He had them, if you really want to look for them. They're out there. And yeah. when he first started out, because it might have been on that uh, unreleased um, DVD that came out a, a year or so ago. They actually showed some of his early matches, like when he first came on the scene. And he actually did the most wrestling you ever saw him ever. He was doing suplexes and arm drags and power. Yeah. Cause he, and they now he was announced as the Dingo Warrior from Brooklyn, New York, <laughs> which <laughs> is the funniest shit ever. Brooklyn. It was like a it was like a dark match or something, but still, it was hilarious. The the Dingo Warrior from Brooklyn, New York, and he's coming out smiling, tagging hands. He was he wasn't warrior. He wasn't in warrior mode yet, but right. that visual is fucking hilarious. <laughs> the the Dingo Warrior from Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> hey, hey Pesci, hey Pesci, have you ever heard of Dingo Warrior in Brooklyn? <laughs> yeah, you know that uh, that dingo warrior. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, looks like he had twenty cups of coffee before he got to the ring. Uh, oh. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, to your point about what you were saying, it's not all about the uh, work rate. Right. This actually ties into my uh, quote from Warrior. Oh, go ahead. Let me see here. So let me see, dude. dude. Bobby Heenan is just a two-faced bastard. Always has been in the business. He should have said something to somebody if he had a problem with it. I mean, I never went out to the ring to try and hurt anybody or anything like that. Not being a technical wrestler is kind of a silly bad rap I get all the time from guys like Bret Hart and industry pundits. My response is, look, you guys were in the business for a dozen years before I even got there. A dozen years and you never figured it out that wrestling skills per se were not where it was at. It was about being a gimmick. I got there in two years and in two years I figured it out. I'd also busted my ass in painful ways they never had. Years of training in the gym, self-discipline, and working out and dieting. If they want to criticize anybody, they should criticize the promoters who were in effect telling them, your little bag of fancy wrestling moves don't sell tickets, t-shirts, posters, dials, etc. So leave them in your tears at home. Instead, show up with some muscle and some energy. 
what am I supposed to apologize? I did what it took at that time and they didn't. It wasn't part of my gimmick. It wouldn't fit Ultimate Warrior to keep doing the wrestling stuff. I was smart enough to know that. Making that decision is up to the talent. I didn't get in the business to be just a pro wrestler, let alone one who had a bag, a whole bag of technical moves. I got in it to succeed at its highest levels, and I did. Mic drop on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Randy Watson type. Yeah, I can't <laughs> deny one fucking word of that, dude. He's right, man. And at this time, when he was the hot, his first run, wrestling was about gimmicks. It was yeah. about being larger than life. It was about being fucking just, you know, the, the the crowd wanted to be, you know, see you, be you, feel the intensity of you. That's what it was about back then, man. Yeah. Owen Hart only wanted to wrestle until he was 40 years old. And that was it. He was walking away. Huh? Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you, Warrior's right in every word he said there, man. And you look at it like you put it to you like this. Who made more money? Did, did Demolenko make more money? Doing a thousand and four holds, or did Hulk Hogan make more money holding his hand to his ear, ripping the right. seat? They, I, I guarantee you, Hogan got more of a reaction posing for f- five minutes than Dean Malenko got wrestling for twenty. Right. <laughs> I mean, let me. Let's yeah. be. I mean, that's not the shit on Dean Malenko, but that's just the fact of reality. Dean Malenko probably would say the same shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. But uh, yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next dis. On uh, Ultimate Warrior here. Line or a tackle or a body slam. It was executing high impact moves. It is very obvious that when this man gets cranked up, there's no stopping him at all. It was a guy that seemingly had a very high threshold of pain. It was hard to hurt. He had a unique look with a face paint. And the color-coordinated face paint in his outfits, very well done. Smart marketing. Is this guy impressive? The answer, yes. He came in at a very good spot. The wrestling business was, you know, on a roll, and he was stuck on some major, major 20,000, 25,000 seat arenas, which putting him in those situations made it easier for that whole spectacle to be new and overwhelming. All right, see, right there, though, he actually... that actually kind of you know extends on anthony's point a uh, comment that he just made or the uh quote he just said that he was selling merch smart marketing smart yeah. marketing exactly what jr <laughs> said so this guy was marketing himself you really think fucking ricky steamboat sold more merch than ultimate warrior yeah <laughs> you know it almost seems like some of these guys were jealous little bitches after hearing that comment <laughs> exactly and, and and let's be honest like d- W. Vince McMahon and his marketing team polished the warrior character, but if you think about it, he came to them almost almost ready to go. He already had the face paint, he had the tassels and all of that shit. They just kind of refined the character. He was rough around the edges when he came there. They refined it and said, okay, tweak this, tweak that, now you're a million dollar idea, well, basically which just, he was. Basically, they just threw face paint on the guys, all they did, but I mean, it's... it's it, he he really was again at that time. WWF was carny, gimmicky shit, and I mean not shit. It was good stuff, but I mean that's what it was about. And you know what? Like I said, dude, no matter what you say, you can tell you can say how bad this guy was in the ring. Say this, say that. He'll we'll never forget him. 
<laughs> on our minds. And no one says, oh, I remember Warrior because he was so fucking bad in the ring. You remember his entrances. You remember these crazy promos he did. You remember he was a jacked up, long haired, face painted motherfucker. Nowhere do, does anyone go, yeah, but he was really bad in the ring. No, that's the IWC. They'll, they'll probably fucking say exactly. that. Exactly. No. It's those people that don't remember him, didn't grow up with him. And yeah. all, uh, they're fucking, all they want to do is jerk off to Zack Sabre Jr. matches. <laughs> but above all, above all that, Box, you made some incredible points. People remember how he made them feel. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there's something to be said about nostalgia. And like, I, I don't know, man. Like, you get a certain sense of warmth. If you've been watching wrestling for any length of time, you get a certain warmth from, you know, going on YouTube, going on the network and watching a warrior match or a macho man match from the eighties. Yeah. It's simplistic compared to the day, but it, it somehow sad. Sometimes it can satisfy me more as a fan than what I see today. The, the match today are fantastic, but they don't have that to me that I don't feel like they have that staying power. Like they kind of bleed together where you won't remember it five years from now. Whereas you remember my, you're aware we're 20 years after the fact and people still talk about warrior matches. Yeah. yeah. Or the, or even just the character itself. You know, even if, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you don't know anything. You've heard of the ultimate warrior. Yeah. You know, literally, I, I'm not lying. That shirt that Weeble is wearing, when I wear it around here, Every single time I wear that shirt, someone says something about it. Whether it's nice shirt or is that a, a Ultimate Warrior shirt or same here, dude. Same know? here at Walmart. Somebody sees me or at Sam's or something. Oh, I like that shirt, man. They, yeah, I bet you I wore a freaking whoever you know T-shirt nowadays. Sami Zayn, they, I wouldn't get no fucking reaction. No, no, you get no reaction. You wear that shirt, people always say something. They ask about it. They say something. They're like, oh, dude, that shirt's awesome. Where did you get it? And every fucking time never fucking fails. Right. And, and not to be like a dick, but like you look at it like look at the coverage when Macho Man died, international news, world okay. news, mm-hmm. my warrior died, ESPN covered like people like people that normally wouldn't touch wrestling with a 10 foot pole. Right. Are given coverage are given like a lot of coverage to like warriors death. Like that was big news. All due respect. If that happened to like a Rollins or anybody, it'd be like. WWE wrestler dies and then it'd be on to the next one. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it would be like a quick little blurb. Well, Nancy Grace would blame steroids. <laughs> right. He died from CrossFit and steroids. <laughs> Just like Chris Dude. Benoit did. I remember Chris Benoit. No, no, that dumb bitch. Fuck her. I, <laughs> I, I knew she was a joke the day she went, uh, he was uh, depressed because he had got kicked out of the uh, the four horsemen faction. He was, <laughs> like, see, like he he went on a murderous ramp because he was despondent over being kicked out of the four horsemen faction. Fuck you! <laughs> Dude, when, when when DDP gave her shit and then walked out on her, I was I was uh, not even quietly. I literally stood up and fucking clapped for for myself. <laughs> I'm like, fuck yes, this bitch needed to be put in her fucking place. Notice she hasn't covered wrestling since. Uh, you became right. a big time DDP fan that day, huh, Box? <laughs> like, I was always, a, I always liked DDP, especially you know the kind of person he is, what he does, and how he helps people. But that right there was like that motherfucker <laughs> is a 
fucking badass right there. <laughs> um, all right, let's keep going a little bit. We're, we have so much left. We're only 20 minutes into this thing. And now we're going to get into where they shit on his promos. Oh. Again, we're playing some cut ones of this, but again, I want to get to the part where Christian is making fun of the of the Hulk Hogan promo. Christian, again, like Anthony said, he's great in this. But here we go. Let's make fun of some of the promos here. I was sitting in Capitol from a place long from here, and I came here for one reason. To attack and keep coming. Oh, shit. You know what? This whole three minutes is the videos we already played, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So let me move up a little bit here. Let's go to... All right. See, this was the actual pro. All right, let's play the part where Christian is making fun of this promo, though. Let's go of the uh, Hulk Hogan promo. Let's do that. Hulk Hogan travel to WrestleMania. Tear down the cockpit door. Hulk Hogan. There's Christian. <laughs> Take the two pilots that have already made the sacrifice. Assume the controls. Hulk. Hogan. Shove that control into a nosedive, Hulk Hogan. And you will soon be close to parts unknown. Just a lot of real strange, strange things going on there. I think maybe the tassels uh, tied on his arms were cutting off the circulation to his head. All right. There, there, there's Edge just trying to keep his job. Um, uh, you want to blame Edge right now for taking fucking Dane Cook's fucking routine? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and look, and, 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 I, and I've always liked Edge, so this is not a slight on him so much as an indictment of how, like, how, does, how did Vince not see money? And Christian, because just in that little like side by side comparison, Christian clearly leaps and bounds had more charisma than Edge. I mean, Edge. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, he was like, underrated. He's very underrated. I I I agree, dude. I always liked Christian. I thought he was badass. And when he was doing that, um, that you know, the, with the music, Christian, Christian, at last you're on your own. That was great shit, dude. Definitely. That is some underrated. Shit right there. Uh B Meg said actually Dane Cook took everyone else's routine. He's got a <laughs> But again, he's probably banging a college girl right now. Yeah. Still right you, now. Come on. You still you, you still think Dane Cook got that kind of juice dude, in twenty nineteen? He's still going to colleges, dude. I'm telling you right now. He does small little fucking college towns. He's still absolutely. Um but back to this video. Again, one of the uh, now one of the things I love about this watching this video is this part right here where they're showing all the stuff with uh, Ravishing Rick Rude. Yeah, a lot of love for Rick Rude for about two minutes or so. I was <laughs> I I was always a Ravishing Rick Rude fan. I loved Rick Rude. I, I don't know what it was about him, but I was always a huge fan of his. Might have been the mustache. Might have been the mustache. Might have been the mustache. I was more of a fan of the heels, dude. It was just the way I was. I don't know. I like the heels more than I like any of them, but you and know, 
I kind of agree with uh, Ted DiBiase's assessment of, of Rick Root, where he said he was just as muscular as Warrior, but he was like more streamlined. So he wasn't as bulky, so he could actually do more. And actually, you know, he was actually athletic. He could move around the ring and do some things. Yeah, he had definition, definitely. Because yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Conway always rooted for the bad guys box. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Except when they whacked him, fucking. Except when they whacked Tommy, <laughs> they whacked Tommy, they whacked. Him. Oh my god! Oh, uh, <sighs> thank you, Max. Um, since you're talking about Rick Rude, uh, box, is this the part where we should uh, start to segue into uh, plugs for Blue Chew? Oh, oh god! <laughs> <laughs> Talk uh, about Blue Chew for five minutes. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, this literally is where they compare Warrior to Rick Rude. Um. And again, I, I, I loved Rude and everything, but yeah, they literally just were sitting there like, yeah, you know, Rick Rude was better. Fuck this guy. <laughs> that's, and really, that's, that's what they were saying. But, and back uh, then, you didn't need a title to be over. Rick Rude, what, he had the IC belt and that was it? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, but he had the tools to be like a top, top guy. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly. Hogan chasing him for like six months to a year would have been fucking money. Yeah, he went to WCW and got the title runs, you know? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, all right, let's play a little more of this here. I don't think Andre wanted me in the ring with Warrior any longer. Oh, yeah, this is the part where he starts with Andre and they, comp- oh, dude, according to them, Andre just fucking ki- wanted to kill this guy. Longer than you know, he did. absolutely necessary. Yeah. That's what I've been told. I remember he had a match with Andre. And it almost ended his career. <laughs> Andre used to like to take a clothesline. But he, he told him, he told him, and dressed him. He said, I'm going to swing with a clothesline. You duck. And I want to hit the ropes, and I want to take two steps off. And then hit me with the clothesline. And then I'm going to tie myself in the ropes. And Andre liked to do this, but so Andre missed him with the clothes, and as soon as I turned around, he was right there, 150 miles an hour, bang! And I heard Boss go, mm, "Something's gonna happen here." Next <laughs> night, same thing happens, 200 miles an hour, bang! Mm. Third night, 338 miles an hour, <laughs> and just as he gets there, Andre goes. Just put his hand up, and he hit the warrior right between the eyes, and cracked his paint, like an old shy job. His knees buckled, he went for the ropes, he finally hooked on, didn't really know where he was. Next night, here comes the warrior, ticking, ticking, ticking. Pink, Andre says to me, he'll learn. Andre, he just put his hand out there and stopped him. He was standing on his hair. He would do all kinds of things to him. Andre just didn't like the guy either. I'm sure. Well, we've all heard the stories about Andre. If Andre yeah, didn't like, like you, <laughs> yeah, if he didn't like you, he would just fucking kill you. And according to this, that's what he did. But I mean, great story there. If it, again, I'm, I'm I, I don't know what's true in this video. I mean, yeah. they Andre was drinking and always in pain, you know, from his body. So you mm-hmm. know, yeah. I want to ask you guys something about, uh, and, and look, rest in peace. I, I'm not trying to sit up here and say Andre wasn't a bit. He's a giant. He could, uh, have his way with anybody if he really wanted to, right? Right, right, right. 
But at this point, clearly, by the time he was feuding with Warrior, he was in bad shape. I mean, those matches, let's be honest, from WrestleMania 3 on, Andre, it was rough to watch some of those matches. Those matches are kind of rough. Yeah, uh, and that's probably why he wanted him to be soft with the clothesline. So let, let me ask you, though. If this guy's body was breaking down on him, mm-hmm. if it came down to a physical confrontation, you don't think Warrior could hold his own somewhat? Because <laughs> you saw Andre towards the end. He, you know, he had the back brace. He was... Oh, so, so you think still <laughs> the younger, stronger would still uh, get owned by Andre, even at this point? Even with a broken down Andre, he would still get owned. Bro, you ever have that adrenaline kick in and nothing that hurts hurts anymore? Uh-huh. Yeah, I had those moments. I think Andre, if he gets a hold of you, dude. It's over. You're done. <laughs> you, like, you, you like Heenan now. It's over. You're done. <laughs> Goodbye, Bye-bye. Uh-uh. No. And no. Andre gets a hold of you, which he will. His hands are like fucking frying pans. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get away from Andre, dude. I'm sorry. I that's don't actually, think so. <laughs> that's actually the answer I was looking for because um, because <laughs> you know, I, want, I want us to get this. I want to get us back on track. But real quick, if you go on YouTube, it was actually, I want to say it was probably his last match in the company before he went, he left. Right. But uh, Andre had a match with Bam Bam Bigelow mm-hmm. where he beat the living fuck out of Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> like he sat on, you could tell that was not a pleasant experience for Bam Bam. <laughs> no. I mean, it was in Madison Square Garden too, man. He beat the fuck. <laughs> it was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, Bam Bam was the baby face in his match. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, even BMX was saying, you know, a guy like Andre, he could literally just lean on you and get you. You're no, dude. You're not getting away from him. You try to run from him, he's just gonna grab you. I mean, bad news. Brown did call him off the bus to fight, so I mean, that's his true interview. So, but bad news was a legit judo guy, so I still wouldn't call a guy like Andre, dude. No, no. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he could hold his own, though. Mm. Bad news. I'm sure yeah. he could. I mean, well, the you, you, he's, he's the beast, dude. Just, I mean, a guy like that can just literally pick you up and throw you around. Ah, yeah. Box, did you ever hear a Kamala story where he pulled the gun on him, or he had some, or he didn't pull a gun on him, but he had a he had a couple run-ins with Andre where he thought he was gonna have to use his gun on him. That oh, would have yeah. been a box man move, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been your only chance. No, I would, pull, I would pull a Brock Lesnar shit in my pants and hope the smell made him run. I swear to God, dude. <laughs> I would just. I'm like, all right, just, just shit. Hopefully, he runs when he smells this that I just shit my pants. Oh my god, it's on my ankles. Oh Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's in my socks. Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, just imagine a hand like Andre's punching you in the face. Right for real. Like, I mean, I. Yeah. yeah, yeah, broken bones. Uh, yeah. I, 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 Andre would be one of those guys. I personally would be like terrified to get in the ring with just because, especially during this period of time, because you think he's in a lot of pain. He was allegedly already temperamental, even when he was in his prime. If he didn't like you, so imagine him at this point it had to be miserable to work with. <laughs> I just imagine. I just imagine those poor little rats that he was banging. Oh, jeez! Imagine how those little girls looked. With Andre, and the Raven and Honky Tonk Man said it was. It, they said it looked like a lion raping a rabbit. I'm sh- I mean, <laughs> a lion raping a rabbit. 
<laughs> Just imagine Andre coming out. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's got to be a load. <laughs> Bobby, <laughs> I mean, just Jesus. And, and, and you and you know he got a lot of he got a lot of fucking chicks just off of curiosity. Like, I wonder if everything's that big. Oh yeah, it's like a gallon of baby batter. Like oh. seriously, think about it, Andre. When you're that big, you don't got to say much to get a woman get a woman's attention. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm sure a lot of women just wanted to see that fucking cock. I'm sure. I'm sure he was the first. <laughs> I'm sure he was the first how big is Batista's dick, if, except <laughs> the rats right. were just like, I know how big it is. So, Box, would you say like uh, he was probably like the Wilt Chamberlain of pro wrestling? Or would you consider that like to be Ric Flair? I don't know, man. From the stories that Jim Cornette tells, Rock and Roll Express was the fucking... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. According to him, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson... Were the fucking Wilt Chamberlains of wrestling? Yeah, they got more ass than a ladies' restroom. Dude. Yeah, hey, he, Ricky Morton, I could get, see, but Robert Gibson, really, well, with the yeah, eyes. According like, to yeah. I, according to Jim, they actually used to stay in the same rooms, and there was a line of girls, and they would bring them in two at a time. Two at a time. Yeah, yeah Cornette even said Stan Lane got better looking females than a uh, you know yeah. Flair. Yeah, I mean Flair was a gimmick, but. I mean, trust me, I'm sure Flair got his definite, I'm sure Flair got a lot of the pieces of his pie. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. According, like I said, according to Cornette, Ricky Morton basically just, I mean, girls would throw themselves, have sex on the way to the ring, damn near. (laughs) Grabbing the guy's dick and shit. Yeah. What's Cornette's favorite quote? Uh, Ricky Morton had more sex on the way to the ring than I had all year. Jesus Christ! Look at you, Jim. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and play some of Ted DiBiase because Ted DiBiase loves dissing people. Isn't he a preacher now? Yep. Yeah, I don't think he's dissing anyone anymore. From a personal point of view, it made me sick, absolutely sick, for one reason. I knew he didn't appreciate it. To me, the man had no idea about wrestling. Didn't care about the history of this business. Didn't care about anything. It was like the guy had just come out of a gold gym and had a can of tuna and a raw egg and said, Hey, I saw a WWE truck go by. I can call them. I'm a wrestler. He knew nothing. Hmm. Nothing. clear promo yeah that was pretty clear i like that i like that and I, I gotta say i don't know about you guys but i i dug some of the musical selections for this for this documentary oh this oh part. yeah jim johnston was behind it yeah, oh yeah oh, he, yeah he was he was on these so De- jim johnston yeah. was definitely right right yeah. in this one that was our first exposure to him right mm-hmm. well i guess when he got some screen time yes yeah, because mm-hmm. it's like well, I first became familiar for sure was this DVD. 
Yeah. But he, it was even like they was going over like the uh, Hogan Warrior confrontation in the Royal Rumble. They had like a little tune playing there that was fucking great. That really kind of like, it was like real dramatic music that really set the tone. Right. Yep. It was. All right. Let's keep going because now we get to where he was actually doing in the match against Hogan again. We get some more of the promos from these guys. And again, I just loved Anthony's right. Back then, you know, I was too little to be like, what's he saying? So, (laughs) you know, just here we go. The one and only Ultimate Challenge Ultimate Warrior. Me and my Hulkamaniacs put the championship on the line. With the authorization of the World Wrestling Federation President Jack Tunney, stating that the main event in WrestleMania 6 would be the Ultimate Warrior squaring off against Hulk Hogan. The only question left to be answered is whose title will be at stake. It is my decision that for the first time in World Wrestling Federation history, champion versus champion, title for title. But at WrestleMania 6, Hulk Hogan, Here it is. I bring you the ultimate warrior. I bring you the ultimate challenge. I bring you Hulk Hogan. Ultimate Warrior against Hulk Hogan in WrestleMania 6 was a milestone in the world. It was. It was. It, it, and just for the reasons they've already mentioned, champion versus champion. Um, just look, two more, two babyface, larger than life characters. And this was the first, uh, kind of one of the first times two babyfaces have been in the ring for two belts at the same time. Yeah. And, per- yeah, and first off, that music we just heard was great. It really kind of set the tone for everything. It, it made me get hyped up to watch the match again. And I don't care what anybody says. I feel like this, because basically the tone that they kind of like laid out there is Warrior sucks, right? He sucks as a wrestler. Both Hogan, him, him, both Hogan and him need somebody that's better than him in the ring to have a good match, right? Right. This match to me proved, even though, you know, the story is Pat Patterson, they laid this match out point by point, piece by piece. They still had to go out there and execute it at the end of the day. Right. This proved that when they're motivated and when they kind of are in the right frame of mind, these guys can have a good match. They just only did they only did enough to get by because that's all they had to do. All of this shit about the old Hogan can't wrestle for shit, Warrior can't wrestle. No, I think this match kind of shut a lot of people up. And it should have. It should have shut mm-hmm. a lot of people up. But I mean, you know, this match was just again. A lot of people thought this was a passing of the torch match. I don't know why anyone. I don't know why anyone thought Hogan was going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but uh, this certainly was a passing of the torch match. Either way, just not even the torch. I would say that just kind of forwarding the championship at the time. Maybe in Vince's mind, it was a passing of the torch because you figure. Warrior represented more of the look. I mean, as much even though Hogan was a big guy and all that, Warrior I feel like represented more of the look that he wanted. He was younger than Hogan, full head of hair, fucking fantastic physique. Think about like Roman Reigns, you know, except Warrior was over. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know. he, he like like Warrior fit more of the look that Vince like likes in guys like voided to the gas to the gills, full head of hair, younger, stronger, faster. So I think in Vince's mind it was a passing of the torch moment, but as was proven, it wasn't. And I feel like it was for one reason. I feel like they almost kind of like set him up to fail somewhat. Because when Hogan became the champion, he had like a heel factory ready for him. He had Andre, he had Piper, he had Stud, he had Orndorff. He had these credible heels ready to go. Warrior, when he, once he won the belt, you had Ted DiBiase, and then it was like it was Slim Pickens. Like, yeah. I mean, no disrespect, but fucking Haku. I feel like he, the majority of his title defenses was against Haku. Yeah. Right. And no, and nobody, nobody was expecting Haku to do shit in the match. Nah, he, wasn't, he wasn't gonna put Dogan in there with him, trust me. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> so I don't. He didn't. He didn't have that same heel factory set up like Hogan did. So I feel like they say, "Oh, his run was a flop and all that." I feel like part of it was his fault, but part of it was they they didn't set him up properly. The follow up wasn't there for him. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, we get a little bit of Hogan's insight on that whole little uh, changing of the guard. I guess we could say. I knew when I handed him the belt in Toronto. And I knew when I left the ring and 68,000 people watched me leave the building instead of watching the new champ in the ring. I don't want to be the one to say I told you so. Hogan hand-fed this guy and made the ultimate warrior. Whatever he's got, he owns to Hogan and Vince McMahon. Yeah, Paul, the first time So you go to the biggest of... Yeah, this, this was a great video to feed Hogan's ego, wasn't it? <laughs> hey, let, me ask you, let me ask you something. The, you, you say like it wasn't the passing of the torch moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I I can agree with that because Hogan wasn't retiring or anything. He wasn't going away. Right. But Hogan, you know, taking the belt from the Rev, doing the whole dramatic, you know, looking at the belt like, I can't believe I lost your brother. Then walking <laughs> up the Warrior, presenting him the belt, hugging him, raising his hand. He he knew what the fuck he was doing. Exactly. Yeah, so so that, that, that's, yeah. what that's what I'm saying. So when he says like, oh, I knew. You know, when 68,000 people, brother, were watching me leave the building and, watch, and not watching the new champion, that was by design because he made it that way. So don't don't let it fool you. Like, he he knew what the fuck he was doing in that moment. Yeah, he could have sure. gracefully, gracefully just left the ring, but no, he wanted to make sure that, oh, uh, poor Hogan, the former ex-champion, come on now. It, 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 no. Nothing yeah. Hogan does is ever by accident. And again, stroking his own ego. Oh, they were looking at me. They weren't even looking at him. I was staring at fucking Warrior. I remember that. I was a kid. I know. Well, the the camera was on Warrior. It wasn't on Hogan. (laughs) So I don't know what the fuck. It's kind of like, you know, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? But again, dude, so Hogan loves his ego being stroked. And uh, this was definitely a, uh, a good way to do it. But then we get into the matches with... Ted DiBiase. Now, I am and will always be a Ted DiBiase fan. Even after this burial? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I am. (laughs) I just, I love DiBiase, man. But uh, here, let's go ahead. and I, I can't do it justice, so instead of just talking about it, let's just go ahead and roll it for you guys here. Wealth is what it's all about, Oakland. It's the bottom line. And my wealth runs deeper than just dollars. Because I'm rich in ring prowess. 
flush with technical skill and extremely well off when it comes to wrestling ability. Well, you may indeed be a great wrestler, Ted. My mom and dad were both wrestlers. I didn't have much of a chance of being anything else. Here's this bigger-than-life guy with this chiseled body and the bare bones of it. It's good versus evil. All the money in the world can't buy what it takes to be a champion, Ted DiBiase. Dollars do not buy desire. Bankrolls do not build biceps. And the world <laughs> does not sing your praises because of C-notes, Ted DiBiase. It is not the power of money that flows through these veins. It is the power of my warriors. A power that cannot be bought. Yet power came to me at a tremendous cost. Sacrifice. And sacrifice, Ted DiBiase, is the bottom line. What are you willing to give up? How much is the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt really worth to you? You know, kids got behind him. Uh, it was like, again, it was passing the baton. They went from Hulk to, to Warrior. Never before have I seen such intensity in a man like the Ultimate Warrior, brother, to rise to the top so fast, to take it all away. It's almost like they were mad that he got over. And, and two things, two things from that little clip we just heard. Mm-hmm. One, that was a very clear and concise promo from Warrior. Yeah. And and number two, L-O-fucking-L at the line about bankrolls do not build biceps. Yeah. I, like the irony in that statement, I hope that didn't, <laughs> I hope that didn't go over anybody's head. No. That was fucking priceless, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you got to realize, I mean, this is – These are before writers – scripts these guys just top of their head man this is great shit dollars do not build desire yeah i mean that's mm-hmm. that's a good promo yeah, but, but y'all see what i mean though like it's, yeah. it feels it feels like by like by like the 90s early 90s he started to get more comfortable he started to kind of like streamline his promos a little bit he was getting fucking better man it was getting concise and clear to the point so all of this shit about he couldn't cut a promo i feel like early on he was all over the place but i feel like by this point he was more polished yeah, he was definitely uh, getting a little better at him, and like like you said, streamlining and not going so off the rails. So I don't know, maybe he uh, maybe he missed a missed a, a cycle. I don't know. Hogan uh, jumping back on that money train and on his warrior, huh? That was warrior. I mean, Hogan and uh, promo right there. Yeah, but mm-hmm. going through this video, there was one part that I could not, could not skip by and that was his little run with uh macho man oh and, and I, listen to I, these promos and, and tell me they're not golden they're not good that's literally why i'm playing this because to hear these promos just takes i mean you, takes you back doesn't it takes me back man just takes me the fuck back so here we go Ooh yeah When I took the golden scepter and I swung it and I hit and made contact with the ultimate warrior's gutless stomach. Yeah, that felt real good. I would have done it for no money. Zero. Yeah. Uh But the feeling when I was standing upon that top rope and came down with a scepter. Knocking you out, yeah, your vertebrae, they understand who the Macho King is, don't they, Ultimate Warrior, yeah. Those are great feelings inside the Macho King, Randy Savage, but the greatest feeling at all will be after the match, when the announcer rings the bell and they crown the Macho King after a three-count, the new World Wrestling Federation champion, that 
talking cannabis things really really heating up one of the most memorable oh, ones to me was the the feud that he had. oh man just hearing though that 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 macho man bro like it just brings me back man i i loved macho yeah and uh what and uh believe it or not you know you always hear these stories about you don't know what to believe uh warrior he's done like shooting he did that one shoot interview he's done um a lot of interviews over the years where he's talked about different people like you would think oh all of the, the narrative was oh this person hated him that person hated him yeah him and macho man were actually pretty close they were they were pretty tight. Macho man. Even Rick Rude. Like all of these people, like, right. oh, this person hated him. They might have had little words here and there, but he yeah. always spoke highly of them. Because I feel like deep down, the people that helped him, he appreciated them and he respected them. Right. But and, and he only got bitter because of the way like the business kind of like turning not turning back on him per se, but kind of like painting this picture of oh he's he's you know uh he was a steroid freak he was uh, off his rocker he couldn't wrestle he couldn't this he couldn't that I feel like that's where a lot of the bitterness came from. So when he's like wishing death on fucking Bobby Heenan or saying this or saying that, not to condone it, but when you look at shit like this, like I was talking to you early box about the name situation. Yeah, it's kind of goofy, but I can see how that's something that he takes a lot of pride in. And if you have a you have a video openly mocking like you're mocking somebody's beliefs, regardless of what you think right. about it. If you mock somebody's beliefs, yeah, they're going to take that shit personal. Yeah, yeah, exactly, dude, absolutely. Um, and you know what? We're going to hear a lot of talk, and then we're going to do one more fucking uh, Macho Man promo because we have mm -hmm. to. One of them made any sense. They were so far out there that uh, that I, I just enjoyed listening. I mean, it, it, it was fun. I'm too hot to handle and too cold to hold. And I am the Macho King Randy Savage. And I'm going to take your career. Oh, yeah. Did I say what I think I said? Oh, yeah. I'm going to take your career in Los Angeles. WrestleMania 7, and there ain't nothing that you can do about it. Dig it! Well, the feud. Oh, God. All right. Had to Wasn't there a follow up Warrior promo there? That was great. Yeah. The, just the intensity that Macho had, man. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, another guy that just had the same intensity, and just every time he cut a promo, it didn't matter what he said, whether it made sense or not. It was great. And like Lawler just said right there, that's why I played that part. Lawler basically said, none of them, even if it didn't make sense, it didn't matter. They were great <laughs> to yeah. listen to. They got your attention. Yeah. And they made, and, and they made sense, man. Around this time, they made sense. Yeah, it did. And like, um, cause like, for example, cause this is why I want you to play uh, the next warrior clip that came after that. Remember when Macho Man was just talking about like the scepter? He came off the top with the scepter and like crashed busted his warrior. head open. Yeah, yeah. Warrior talks about it getting sewn up. I remember that yeah. from when I was a kid. Yeah, yes, yeah, continuity. And, I, and yeah. like that's what I'm saying. It makes sense. Oh, that wasn't my next clip, but uh... <laughs> now Anthony was making a point that Warrior yeah, yeah, can't yeah. cut good promos. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, my next clip is back when him and Hogan are actually together. Ah. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, we're going to take a quick break because I have got to piss. <laughs> we are way over halfway through this video. So I'm going to take a quick piss. 
And uh, I don't know if you guys got to do the same thing, but we're going to take a really, 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 really quick break. And we will be back in just a couple of minutes. Appreciate it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, man. My eyeballs feel lower. Much better. Much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Yeah, I had to do that real quick. And, uh, all right. So back to this little thing. We're back to 1991, where uh, we're SummerSlam, Madison Square Garden, MSG, Warrior, Hogan, together. And um, I'm going to play a little bit of this because that was my next clip, and we're just going to roll from here. Here we go. And tonight, gentlemen, the match made in hell as you face Sergeant Slaughter and company, the Triangle of Terror. Well, you know something, Mean Gene? The battleground of Madison Square Garden is the only appropriate place for the match made in hell to happen, brother. Instant good guy versus bad guy. Instant great storyline. It was a great match for anybody that wanted to enjoy a wrestling match. I went into Vince's office and he said, uh, we got a slight problem. And I said, what's the problem? And he said, well, the ultimate warrior wants. Uh... All right. This is um, leading into the money holdup, by the way. This is all leading. In. This is Sergeant Slaughter speaking right now. And this is all leading into the money holdup, which is why we're going here. This is 1991. Here we go. X amount of dollars or he's not going out there to wrestle. Ultimate Warrior basically came to me and and uh, figuratively put a gun to my head and said, "Hey, I'm not going to go out and perform unless you pay me X number of dollars." And I forget how much it was. And it, you, you, that's so unprofessional. You, you know, you, you just don't do that. Hogan said, "Break his leg, break his leg, sheep, break his leg." Well, you know, when I found out, you know, that the Warrior was, you know, demanding money and putting a gun to Vince's head, I. There's a certain element of old school. You know, we can fix that. Let, let us take the guy in the dressing room for five minutes. We can fix this for you, Vince. And Vince said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't need a lawsuit on top of everything else. So you guys just go out and have your match. And uh, we'll take care of things later. So in essence, as I recall, uh, I agreed, much to uh, my dismay, I agreed to to what he wanted. There's disappointment, there's rationale of let's just get through this, move on, you know. Um, and then you just realize the brother just doesn't get it. I was standing in the middle of that ring wondering what was going to happen. Uh, just... All right, I, I played a lot. Of, I know I played a little more music. I played a lot of that. Just This is actually one of the bigger parts. This is one of the bigger trashes of this guy. And it is pretty shitty of this guy to do. Right before a big match like this, SummerSlam 1991, you walk up to your boss and go, I'm not going out there unless you give me this. This literally is putting a, just like Vince McMahon said, this is putting a figurative gun to his head. It's He was so, exactly right. So you believe uh, WWE side of things on this one? Um... Because, you know, a lot has come out about this whole situation. I mean, I, somewhere, I, I feel like the truth is somewhere in the middle. I would play devil's advocate and warrior, find out how many, how much everybody else was getting paid and maybe, you know, that's the only that's, thing I could think of. Because I remember, probably. like, he had, allegedly he had sent, like, a letter to Vince because he was pissed mm-hmm. off about, I guess, like, uh, the WrestleMania payoff. 
Hogan, what Hogan got versus what he got because right. he was told he was going to get a certain amount. That didn't happen. And it basically, it kind of boiled over with the SummerSlam situation. But it, it was a lot leading up to it. He didn't just arbitrarily just say, fuck this show. It was like a lot building up to it where he felt like he was lied to on some things. Merchandise, mm-hmm. uh, pay, WrestleMania payalls, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, well, the, yeah, the click always tells that story where they would start telling each other how much they made. And when Nash picked up the phone and said, hey, Vince, what the fuck? How much did you give HBK? And boom, you know, so it could have been something like that. Yeah, and I'm not going to say I 100% buy in the WWE and Vince McMahon story on this. Yeah. But I'm not going to. I think Anthony's more right. The truth is somewhere in the middle, I believe. <laughs> a little bit of Vince's story, a little bit of. Warrior's story and a little bit of that's probably a little bit of both is probably the truth. Yeah, but now let me ask you this box. Mm-hmm. Do you believe the story? Because we're not going to get into the specifics of the actual SummerSlam match, but long story short, Hogan and uh, Hogan and Warrior win. Spoiler alert, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and Warrior runs, runs the, the story is where as he's going to the back because he literally runs to the back and disappears for like six months, eight months, whatever it was. And allegedly, like Vince fired him on the spot. Right. Some people say he got a letter. What do you believe? Because I mean, I'm not. Vince has proven over the years that he's not afraid of confrontation. Yeah. But do you I... believe? You believe that literally, as soon as Warrior mm-hmm. got out of the ring, as soon as he got the match in the ring, because you know he's the promoter. You believe as soon as Warrior, you're fired. You son of a bitch, you're fired. Yeah. I could not wait to. You believe he fired him on the spot? That I believe. Yeah, you got. That, you think I believe. he gave him a letter. You think he pussied out, or you think he actually fired him to his face? <laughs> I think he did it to his face. What did he do? A wire transfer? Write him a check? Like what <laughs> the warrior wanted money? Because you know back then it wasn't no like debit cards gave, and all that shit. Pr- you know? Probably gave him a check. Yeah, they probably handed him a check and said, "Get the fuck out of here." That is a, that is hilarious. You know, oh, get yeah. you know old school promoter. You know, get the match in the ring. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, you know, you son of a bitch. So you believe he fired him on the spot? Because I've always been fascinated by that aspect of the story. As soon as Warrior goes to the curtain, Vince, because he almost, I, I bring that up because he gets orgasmic. I could not wait to fire him. Like, you could, you could physically see Vince getting aroused. I could not wait to fire him. Yeah, I mean, you really got to, you got to think about a guy like Vince, man. I mean, I know now he's, he's a little more wacky, and but I mean, I would figure back then he probably had even bigger balls. You know what I mean? I could see him walking right up to him and going, you're fucking, you fucking ever do that to me again. Yeah, I would say he definitely fired him right on the spot there. To his face. Yep. You don't have a problem believing that one. I don't actually. That, 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 uh, no, I don't. I don't think Vince is honestly... I, I, especially back then, he probably wasn't scared of any of these guys. Remember, this, remember the, the this is a guy that was trying to fucking out wrestle Kurt Angle on a fucking private plane. All right, <laughs> take down matches. All right, exactly. Yeah, yeah right. he was damn near sixty then. Yeah. You got a point. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, all right, you want to move on? Let's uh, move on a little bit. We get into uh, a little bit of that little downfall. This is the literal self destruction of the warrior coming up right here you know a feast and takes you up and and, you know puts clothes on your back shoes on your feet and then you slap him in the face that's what that was and uh it pretty much disgusted me (laughs) 
when he had his financial dispute at SummerSlam in 91, he lost great momentum by going on hiatus. It was a very unprofessional thing to do. I think subsequently I forgave him and he came back to work. The one thing that's simply amazing about Vince McMahon is his ability to give somebody a second chance. Okay, that's why I, play, I played this clip. It is actually really amazing, people say, how Vince can give people a second chance. I don't know if it's Vince giving people a second chance or Vince knowing where he can make money. Yeah. If the people yeah. want him back, yeah, Vince will bring him back. We and also, <clears throat> Go ahead. remember, remember he, the whole reason Warrior was even considered for a return here is because Hogan was on his way out. And that was going to leave a void at the top of the card. So, yeah. <laughs> well, Warrior was, you know, who was, who was your second biggest baby face after Hogan? Oh, Warrior, uh, I forgive yeah. you. Here's some money. Come back. <laughs> right. And, you know, let's let's not forget. I mean, this is that this is a guy who Andre was ready to leave. He was hurting. He was in pain every moment of every day. And Vince convinced him to come back. And Vince knew this how bad this how bad a shape Andre was in. Yeah, and he was a piece so, of shit for that. You know, it, it, it was only supposed yeah. to be one match. One match turned into what? An extra three to four years. An extra three years. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, the, the, he doesn't care. You know, I know that, oh, Vince is a very caring human. You can say what you want, but I really believe Vince sees one color. The color is green. Yeah. And that's the only thing he cares about. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, to, to be a fucking CEO and all that and have that kind of money, you got to be an asshole in some way, you know, yeah. shape or form. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this was not far down the road. This was, this was 1992 when Warrior yeah. came back during the, uh, the uh, Psycho Sid match where it was Sid uh, and um, oh, Jesus Christ, Papa Shango, Papa Shango, exactly. Yeah, attack, yeah. Shaheen's now, favorite. Again. Now let me ask you guys this. Uh huh. Because you guys would have been more aware than I was would have been at the time. How prevalent were the uh, rumors? Because obviously, when he came back in '92, he was drastically different. You know, he had shorter hair. He wasn't as muscular. Did you guys believe that the the real Ultimate Warrior had died and he was replaced by somebody else? That's what that. Was. No, that was a legend. Yeah, they bring up that whole thing in this thing. How oh, he looked different. It was a different guy. It wasn't a different guy. Come on. I just fucking probably laid off the juice for a little while, you know? Yeah, come on. Grow the fuck up a little bit, people. It was the same guy. <laughs> that was hilarious. Well to, well, to, well, to be fair, back then you didn't have the internet. You didn't have social uh-huh. media. So I was, I was always curious about how that rumor even became a thing back then with no social media, no internet. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But uh, Probably melts. But I got to tell you something. Once again, you know, you you, you take a guy like Warrior – and just, he makes his comeback. And once again, listen to this. Listen to this, everybody. Listen. It's the Ultimate Warrior! It is! Look at that! The Ultimate Warrior! What is he doing? Is he going to attack Hogan? What is going on here? you hear that crowd freaking screaming yes okay <laughs> i know it's not an easy thing to 
audibly hear this crowd. But if you watch this video, you can see not one person is sitting down. Every person's arms are in the air. I mean, mm-hmm. they're 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 fist pumping. They're jumping up and down. They're they're they. Everyone was floored to see Warrior back. So the comment where G or Jim Ross was like, oh, I think he lost some momentum when he <laughs> took that little break. Uh, you know, I think he lost some momentum. Does that sound like momentum was lost to you? No, and it sounds like fucking WWE pumping JR for the shit. Yeah, exactly. JR, read <laughs> this, please. Read this. But um, now we get a little, you know, uh, on the heel of his comeback, we go ahead and get a little bit of a Bruce Pritchard talking a little shit because, uh, you know, <laughs> Bruce Pritchard was uh, trying to keep his job even back then. So. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go with this. He had cut his hair and he had not been in the gym. Oh, we're actually kind of bringing up the uh, little rumor Anthony just brought up. As religiously as he had been in the past, and it looked like a different person. Rumors in wrestling, it's like peanut butter and jelly. This goes together. I did hear the rumors that he was dead. Uh, I, I assume they were just that rumors. <laughs> what happened was Warrior like left for a bit and came back and he had shorter hair and it was really blonde. And then he had like this singlet with muscles painted on it, which was ludicrous because he still was really big. So a lot of people thought like it was a different Ultimate Warrior. Like the original Ultimate Warrior died and they got this guy to replace him. This is like Paul McCartney, you know, who was supposedly dead all those years and they'd put hints in the albums. I think it's one of those cult legends, underground legends that get started up and people feel the flame. It was definitely the Warrior, you know, and, and it, that rumor didn't last very long. <laughs> All right, so Elvis isn't alive is what he's trying to say. Yeah, why do you say Paul McCartney, not Elvis? Because I've never heard of Paul McCartney one. I never heard. I guess that was a big thing. I've actually looked that up, believe it or not. And there was a rumor that Paul McCartney, during the <laughs> years of the Beatles, had actually died and they replaced him. And there <laughs> were hints in the songs. Oh, Okay. So it's it's a weird thing. To, to, please don't believe it one bit. So he's like the original Tupac, Paul McCartney. Well, I mean, we all know Tupac's alive. <laughs> Tupac's alive, dude. I know. <laughs> Suge Knight's son is hanging out with Tupac right now, dude. Sitting in Jamaica sipping daiquiris. Right? Yeah, they're out drinking right <laughs> fucking now, man. Um, uh, now we, we they get into the Papa Shango thing where uh, he was uh, throwing up pea soup. <laughs> which was probably one of the worst angles ever in WWE. Um, I'm sure there's been worse since, but during this time, it was pretty fucking bad. So you agree with JR's assessment of artistically, this wasn't the best thing we could. And I love how, like, during this time period, I guess, like, he tried to frame it like he was there at the time. Like, mm. it wasn't our artistically, it wasn't our best piece of business. <laughs> Who are they going to put him with? Skinner, Repo Man, Berserker? I mean, geez. Oh, <laughs> look at the I cast. know, man. It was so I don't bad, know, man. Yeah. For what it was, I feel like it was, you know, it, it was yeah. for what it was. A warrior versus a fucking voodoo king, you know? Yeah, exactly. But like, you know, but like J.R. said, you had to do those type of things because you weren't going to get it in the ring bell to bell. So you had to yeah. get your, you had to get your drama from other places. Yeah, and you know, he, he wasn't like smaller he was leaner, but his arms were still jacked. Yeah. 
So I, I still don't know about all that rumor shit and how that all. Jeez, this was pre-internet, and a rumor like this got out. Just, just, just think mm-hmm. about that. Well, well, remember though, he was also wearing that. Sing- remember that singlet, that with singlet the muscle spray painting on yeah, it. That, that was, was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, that 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 singlet was kind of fucking god awful. I don't know what that was. I think he was just looking for something airbrushed. But uh, we get a little more. This is when Macho Man was kind of commentating, and um, again, I just had to play this for Macho Man. Work with as far as business wise, and that's just my opinion. But I think he was a different person altogether. Like he used to walk in the dressing room. And- oh, I'm sorry. I- Fuck that up. Anyway, let's just move here. See everybody and go, oh, I don't want to shake everybody's hands. I seen you yesterday. This and that. I don't know if he truly had a love for the wrestling industry. I think he had a love for the fame. I think he had a love for the money. I think he had the love for bodybuilding. But I'm not sure if he had the love for the WWE. I'd like to think we could have got him back to a level that would have helped the company. Therefore, it would have helped him all the while entertaining the fans, but it was cut short again. The rumors of, of Warriors leaving in 1992 due to the fact that he was allegedly going to be wrestling nails, that was all false. The Ultimate Warrior was never uh, in line to be facing nails. As a matter of fact, there had been quite a bit of money and investment in a Nails Undertaker feud at the time. And the Ultimate Warrior's disappearance at that time. Okay. Just, 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 okay. Oh, I'm, God. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to compose myself. Quite a bit of money, and they invested <laughs> in the Undertaker. Nails. Undertaker. What was that, like a funeral parlor, the fucking probation officer? What was the money oh, going to? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. The kid in me was like, I was actually looking forward to that Undertaker Nails match. No, that never weren't. happened. No, you weren't. But. As a kid, yeah, but now just hearing Bruce Pritchard, there was a lot of money invested. In- <laughs> yeah. yeah, why, where? All right, Box, let's just, let's you don't just... think it was money? <laughs> you know? All right. Yeah, I... you don't. You weren't. You wouldn't have been looking forward to that Undertaker nails match. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm just gonna keep playing it from here because I can't even. I. 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 Time was due to other things. Yeah. We had established a very stringent drug policy, and there was a violation. Wait. He's still wrapped up wait, in wait, his. Wait, 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 wait. Are they telling me that maybe, maybe Warrior was on roids? I, uh, uh, I guess there was no steroid trial or nothing, no? Nothing important no. going on? No. No, mm. no. And, no, and we should also keep in mind that uh, Ultimate Warrior and the British Bulldog were fired at the same time because allegedly they were doing like a what was it like a smuggling deal where they were getting uh, steroids, HGH, and shit from overseas. Right, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but the question. By the way, back to that other thing. The question I want to know: How much money did they drop into that nails Undertaker? It was, it was enough to make fucking Warrior whole Vince up. It was that no, much. I really wish I, <laughs> if I ever can get Vince McMahon, I want to go. How much money did you put into the Undertaker nails? <laughs> enough money, apparently, to make nails want to choke the shit out of them. <laughs> I guess it was enough to watch the door. It must not have been enough money because he, <laughs> he did that. But. uh 
right, let's 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 keep going here. A little bit of a little bit of Jr. Philosophy of life, the warrior life that he changed his name. 1993, I think. Uh, yeah, Jim Helwig officially became the ultimate warrior. Had his name changed from Jim Helwig to Warrior. And uh, then I guess there are little warriors that go around and his wife is Mrs. Warrior and all of that sort of thing. He had his name changed and still goes by Warrior. <clears throat> Whatever. I don't know if he's a warrior or is he the warrior or he's just warrior. All right. You bring my kids into it, I'm fighting words, dude. Right? I'm sorry, man. Them fighting words, dude. Do not. Right. My kids. Yeah. Now, I mean, we already got into kind of the name change thing, so we're not going to dwell on it anymore. But, yeah. um, dude, you bring my kids into it, my wife into it. Look, no, no matter how. <laughs> what is his, wife? his wife was his warrior. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, wait, wait, what is warrior's name? Warrior, warrior? Like, I don't, how does I, that work? <laughs> I don't know, but look how they're uh, glomming on to that warrior name now, huh? All right. Oh yeah, that money train. Yeah, look how that fucking flipped the script, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's like all, all all his sins were forgiven. Yeah, he's oh, all yeah. in WWE 2K video games. Oh yeah. Oh, this guy sucked. He's horrible. He's great. He's horrible. <laughs> and then now it's like, you remember how great Warrior was? Yeah, he was so <laughs> right? awesome. I mean, remember that whole video we did that that. That didn't happen. Do, do you guys believe in the Jedi mind trick? Wrestling yeah. fans are supposed to not remember. No, dude. The, the, <laughs> that's because wrestling fans believe in the Jedi mind tricks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, let's move. Let's 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 move on. Of course. Yeah, I'm trying to finish this. Let's do this. This is what they've been waiting for. The Warrior came back to the WWE in 1996, and I know all of the people in the WWE were hoping that there would be that same fervor, that same love affair between the fans and the Ultimate Warrior. The anticipation has been intense, and talk about intensity. It doesn't come any more intense than the Ultimate Warrior. I thought it was the right thing to do for our audience. He still had some juice. You know, he still had, you know, it in terms of charisma. Still could sell tickets. I mean, other people would say... Okay. Still could sell tickets. Money. (laughs) Money. Again, green is the only color this guy sees. I think he's colorblind except to the color green. And we watched this pay-per-view, me and my friends. This is back when the day. When you, you remember when you could get the ch- cable the chip put in your uh, cable box? Oh, the, the black box days. Yes. And yes. we watched that. My friends popped. The crowd was popped. I remember that pay-per-view against <laughs> Triple H. Right. Oh, of course. Well, of course, I, I, I got Triple H, you know. Uh, ruined, <laughs> ruined my whole debut. Day. The most unprofessional. <laughs> unprofessional piece of shit. Uh, all right, let's play a little bit more of this. Why did you keep bringing this nutcase back? For a man to truly find himself, he has to go one place that we're all entitled to go to. Deep, deep, deep in the mind. In the three and a half years that I have been absent, there's one thing that would not die. The voices. 
the spirit of the warrior. It was another attempt to reinvent the ultimate warrior and to... Sorry, rekindle. it wasn't an attempt to reinvent the ultimate warrior. It was bringing back the ultimate warrior. <laughs> I mean, I, I get he had different face paint, he, but that's... Trench coat. Yeah. He, he kind of evolved a little bit. Mm-hmm. And all the... I'm sorry, go ahead, Mike. No, I'm just saying, if you don't evolve in wrestling, and by the way, he was way more tan than usual, but if you don't <laughs> evolve in wrestling, you're not fucking keeping up with the times. Right. Hogan, Sting, Papa Pump, we've seen it all. They all evolved. Exactly, dude. Go ahead, mm-hmm. Anthony. I'm, I'm sorry. No, um, I guess we're going to get into the Triple H thing in a second. But uh, I, I just wanted to add that I, evolution is great. Evolving is great. But as we'll get to not too terribly long from now, uh, I agree with Jerry Law's point that certain things should stay as they were. Like, there's a certain point where you evolve too much. Right. Yeah, with the ball, you know, we'll get to it with the uh, baseball kick because I agree with Law. That was goofy. Yeah, it was. It was. But still, they're blaming his whole, <laughs> his whole demise on a baseball cap. <laughs> right. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and by the way, if you're watching this video, if you've ever seen that uh, meme of the bowl cut WCW fan or w- <laughs> this, he's in this video. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. The fat kid screaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, he's actually become a bit of a sensation on Instagram. Yes. Follow the kid. He's right here. I'm literally I'm paused on his face right now. But uh, let's go ahead and listen to a little bit of Triple H, because we know Triple H. uh... At one time. Oh, Shaheen, what's up? Must be back from the uh, GCW show. Loyal, diehard uh, Warrior fans had gotten on somebody else's bandwagon, or they were not watching anymore. The different things had happened, and uh, so his huge fan base that was there originally was not there. Ultimate Warrior's reappearance at WrestleMania 12 was in an effort to see, A, if people remembered him, and if they would come out to support him, and come out to support him on a continual basis. I had the opportunity to be the guy that the Ultimate Warrior came back and faced in his debut match. Unbelievable! You're the most reckless individual in the history of the World Wrestling Federation! Mixed emotions because when I finally got to the arena that day, I got to find out how big of a what the ultimate warrior really is. <laughs> Probably one of the most unprofessional guys I've ever seen. Hey, pot, kettle calling. <laughs> what? Dude, come on, man. Come <laughs> oh. on, Triple H. <laughs> Listen, I know you want to diss the guy. Aren't you the guy who went to talk to him to get him back? I, I believe you are. So, Triple H, come, the, again, this video is one of the most hypocritical things they've ever done. <laughs> In the history of hypocrites, it's just uh, ridiculous, dude. He he was pissed. I guess he was pissed because um, in the shoot interview, Warrior did uh, ironically enough with the, everybody's favorite Mike Johnson from PWI. Like, mm. might have been around two thousand five, two thousand six. I guess a uh, Triple H young guy in the business. He was excited, you know, working with a top guy. His first WrestleMania. He had all these ideas, and Warrior basically said. 
I'm going to kick out of your finish. I'm going to hit you with the splash and take it home, basically. Uh, Wait. And I guess. Are you saying Warrior wanted to do a Warrior match? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and uh, Hunter was kind of pissed off about that because I guess he wanted to get some shit in. <laughs> you know, LOL, right? But, um. Yeah. Warrior. Warrior said, like, look, in hindsight, like, what the fuck? What the fuck is he pissed about? I motivated him to look what he's accomplished. Mm. Wasn't Trips getting buried for the click leaving at this point? Uh, I don't, I think this was, this was 92 or 96. 96. This is 96, right around that. This would have been like a few months before that. Right. Right. Let's go and play a little more. Stepped into the ring with his uh, entrance again. Got a great ovation. And this match, again, was conveniently short. And is so the presentation was warrior-like. That day I went in the ring at WrestleMania, and I stood in front of a sold-out Anaheim pond, and I did what I had to do, and I wrestled the ultimate warrior to the best of my ability. Hunter Hearst Tombsley! Yeah, this wasn't Triple H, though. This was actually Hunter Hearst Tombsley. <laughs> All right. He's the, talking. Jesus Christ. I get you. I mean, look, he's in a different space now. He's had, you know, he's uh, mellowed out, I guess. Oh, yeah. But he listening to him now, he's talking like back then when he had this match with Warrior. He, you would think he was fucking Hulk Hogan, like the way he's talking, like, I had all of this shit planned, brother. And he didn't want to <laughs> do anything, brother. He he was hard to do business with. Bro. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, no. he had been in the company for about a year. Yeah, he was, he was, <laughs> and he was a, a fucking British guy. Yeah, you were at the bottom of the card. Warrior was a star. That's how it works. That yeah. didn't be the breaks. Yeah, and he's like, let me trash Warrior a little bit. Uh, fuck this guy. A and professional big one. <laughs> Jim Ross didn't help out with that unenthusiastic. He had a great ovation. Like, Jesus Christ. Sound like Austin's coming out of Jim Ross shit. Oh, do you well, know can, he... you, can you tell that uh, Jim Ross is a fan of the work rate? <laughs> <laughs> Jim Ross was a fan of the check and the royalties from this mm-hmm. video. Fuck that, dude. He, lit- he, another one that sat there and blew Warrior when he came back, dude. Every one of these guys on this video were probably sitting there licking his balls when he came back. So you, so if you had that, if you had to like uh, just call it right now, who would you say was the most genuine person on a DVD interview? Was it like Bobby Heenan? Oh, genuine. Like when you felt like they, whether it was well, money or not, they're they're genuine about their feelings. Oh well, Bobby Heenan probably. I mean, he, you can tell he just disliked this guy. You literally every comment he made was like, "Oh, this fucking guy sucks. This fucking guy blows. This fucking guy dropped me on my head. Fuck this guy." Well, you saw he dropped him. He literally he did. He just picked I mean, him up. And just, he, dropped he dropped him and walked him. away. <laughs> I mean, the guy blessed the dead, but my god, he literally picked this guy up, dropped him, and walked away. Mm. He p- dropped him like a piece of shit. <laughs> he did. Yeah, Heenan was no athlete, dude. He said, "You said how big Heenan was at that time, you know." Yeah, Heenan was pretty fat, dude. He was pretty fat. Mm-hmm. But uh, all right, let's keep going here. Exciting match for me because it was against a huge star in the business and it was the ultimate show. It was my first time there and it was great on one hand, but he ruined the experience for me on the other hand. 1996. Oh, you piece of shit, you. Well, it wasn't a squash match. It was the fucking warrior ruined it, right? <laughs> oh, the, the warrior ruined everything. You ruined my whole career. Oh, Jesus. 
All right. Now we got Lawler talking about the. Uh, this is where we get into the 1996 King of the Ring uh, a little bit. So let's just go ahead. I'm just going to go ahead and get into this now. King Jerry Lawler against the Ultimate Warrior. And more than the match, I remember the actual build up to the match because the little things that we did leading up to the match, you know, he wanted them done his way. And then sometimes he would even throw you a little. Okay. This is where they blame a baseball cap for killing his whole mm -hmm. career. Just keep listening. Surprise, a little curveball in there that you weren't expecting. The Warrior had this comic book out. I think the WWE had bought hundreds of thousands of these comic books and were giving them away to the fans. Heard to hear about the Ultimate Warrior and his comic book. Yeah, his comic book's okay, McMahon, but it, his comic book could have been a lot better if he had used me to do some of the artwork. What we did was I, I, I painted this uh, big portrait of the Ultimate Warrior as sort of a peace offering type thing. And, and we had it set up to where he was going to come in the ring before a match, and I was going to present him this beautiful portrait, already framed in glass and that sort of thing. We were all set to do this. Vince McMahon went in the ring. I went in the ring with the big portrait, and uh, they played the Warrior's music. And out comes the Warrior, and he's got on a baseball cap. Okay. They're blaming a baseball cap for his career ending. <laughs> a baseball cap. He's uh, almost be the same baseball cap in WWE uh, creative right now. Yeah, an inanimate <laughs> object. So I just want to leave that in everyone's mind as I play the rest of this. Right here, warrior, created by a destiny, fulfilling a destiny, bonded by the belief the belief that at the king of the ring i'm gonna kick your ass okay he literally is trying to sell merchandise here <laughs> him trying to sell merchandise is the end of his career yeah that this really is when they was like pushing that comic book and shit ultimate creations and yeah and, yeah. The, and the hat says it 20 bucks says that hat was for sale out in the fucking arena <laughs> there were guys probably walking around right there going, hats for sale, hats for sale, come on, hats for sale. <laughs> and I'll be, I gotta, I gotta, I'll be honest, though, the hat at the time was not my main takeaway. It was the fact that Ultimate Warrior said ass. It just yeah. seemed, for some, at the time, that just seemed like so out of place, even though he was always like an intense character that would cuss anyway, because he came from that, he was so closely associated with that Hogan era. To hear Ultimate Warrior on TV cussing during this time period was just kind of weird to me. See, my yeah, at that time they had him in intercontinental matches against Goldust. So, yeah, I mean, you know. my takeaway was the was the plain black face paint. Right. During this promo, he was just like dark warrior. So I don't know. It's almost like he was trying to adapt to the times where he. I guess he mm -hmm. even he was smart enough to realize that the, the talking to the hands and the gods and the. The uh, planes going down, eh, probably not going to work for a 1996 crowd. So you could tell he was trying to like adapt to the times a little bit. This was right before the Attitude Era. So he would have had to, you know, kind of like how you say, just segue into it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put a little more. Now, I don't think anywhere in any time in history had anybody seen the Ultimate Warrior wearing a baseball cap. It looked so out of place. I, I, I know you could see the look on my face. I just, when I saw the hat, I just went. Uh, the face he made was because he thought he saw a cute 
little girl in the audience. <laughs> now, Bob, uh, what? considering the and considering that, <laughs> all right, to Lawler's point, though, for the angle they were going for, because I guess allegedly, I guess he, Warrior didn't want to get the glass on him, blah, blah, blah. Do you think that him wearing the hat took away from the angle that they were trying to, because clearly, like, looking back on it, the setup was to get attacked with the portrait. And clearly, like, you know, looking at it now, Warrior had the hat on to protect himself from the glass. But do you think it took away from it a little bit? Because he did do an angle, what, five, four, four or five years earlier where Macho Man were <laughs> Mach fucking blasted him with that scepter. And he right. had legitimate glass fragments in his skull. So he's, t- he's taken glass to the skull before. I don't think it took away from the segment. I, I never remember going, why is he in a hat? I was 15 years old. The last fucking thing was on my mind was a hat. It's probably, hey, damn, we got Lawler versus Warrior shit. No, look, it, <laughs> it, WWE stars now wear their T-shirts out there yeah. every week. <laughs> it's a right. marketing thing. Back then, it was a marketing thing. He, he they, they even said back then he was selling merchandise. Yeah, Warrior was ahead of the curve. Exactly. For a lot of yeah. So what the. F- Fuck! Are, literally, dude. Some of the shit. In the, the end of this video is actually more enraging than the beginning of it. To be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, the WCW run. Yeah. Oh, we're getting to that. We're getting right now to where he no shows WWF, and uh, let's go ahead and start there. Where oh, yeah, this, is, this is a lot of bullshit because yeah. they actually uh, superimposed. They they did some. Uh, what's that fucking shit? Um, CGI. Yeah, so let's call it CGI. Let's call it CGI. Editing. Yes. <laughs> History rewriting. <laughs> Here we go. Keeping all his commitments. You know, he'd miss the dates where he was advertised to attend, and that's just, it's just not fair to the consumer. Fans, it's not fair to some little boy that's going to paint his face and go buy a ticket. And Dad's going to take him to see the ultimate warrior, then he's going to show up. <laughs> It is with great reluctance that I announce the indefinite suspension of the Ultimate Warrior. That's Gorilla Monsoon, by the way. This suspension is a direct result of the Ultimate Warrior's failure to appear as advertised. This suspension will be immediately lifted, however, as soon as the Warrior posts an appearance bond to ensure fans that he will appear where advertised. And hopefully... An appearance bond... Yeah. Well, so this? they basically buried him on his way out the door. What is this jail? Yeah, fucking appearance. What is it? Like fucking like the NWA title where you had to put twenty five grand down or something? Yeah. Shit? What the fuck is this fuck. shit? <laughs> Jesus. And Christ. I and so, I love some of them posters where they like WWF champion Ultimate Warrior versus uh, Vader. At no point during this run was Warrior champion at all. <laughs> I know, dude. I, yeah, I got, I'm glad you caught that, dude. Yeah. 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 It, like, did they, like, did they lied in places where they did, where the truth would have been like, I don't, I, look, I, I can believe that Warrior pulled a power play and didn't show up and like, if a show was in like fucking bumfuck Nebraska. Yeah, I'm not working that town, brother. I, I work the major towns, but I'm not working fucking bumfuck Nebraska. I could see Warriors doing some shit like that. Then just come out and say he didn't want to go to the smaller towns. Yeah. Did, and then they had to, I mean, even the chief shots where you said with his dad dying, why are you going to bring up about his dad dying, you know? He wasn't close with his dad. You don't know what happened, you know? Right. <laughs> Warrior, he, this was like, he said his dad died, which is true. But from my understanding, yeah. like, he, he he always made it seem like he was never close to his dad. Like, 
Like that, that, that was low. Once again, to Box's point earlier, you, you don't got to include people's family situations. Yeah, that, that, like, it's nah. low, blow. Yeah, it is, man. It, this is <laughs> fighting words. But uh, let's keep going here. After that, we get it. We're almost to the WCW. Uh, we're almost to the Renegade. <laughs> WWE. Or the World Wrestling Federation. Or the Industry of Wrestling. What would he be doing? I wasn't aware of that just now, but that would even lower my level of respect for him further as a wrestler and as a human being. Because That's Richard Fleer talking. Yeah, because cheating on your wife's really fucking good, Rick. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> oh. that's Richard Fleer, not Rick Flair talking, by yeah. the way. Yeah, this, 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 this is when, back during those time periods where Ric Flair really needed that WWE check because <laughs> he would go in on, he, he had a run on these, some of these DVDs where he would fucking, Vince, who you need me to bury this week? Yeah. <laughs> I'm exactly. ready to go, brother. <laughs> God, he was so pro WWE in those wrestling roundtables. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Let's keep it going. Everything he has in the world today, he owes to WWE and Vince McMahon. I did not know he sued them, but if he did, it makes the situation he exists in even worse in my eyes. If that lawsuit allowed him to have the rights to his name, you know, good for him. All right. Let's get right to the Renegade. <laughs> All right. We're almost to the WCW debut. But let's get to the Renegade, which we all know is a WCW character, which Eric Bischoff swears was not a takeoff on the Warrior. Brother. Brother. Did some independent shows, and this guy, had they had made friends, or they showed up together. Or I don't know how it happened, but I got, I got a tape with the Warrior and the Dingo Warrior on it from some high school or something. Oh, my God. I don't know what we did, but Jimmy Hart and I came up with a scam. Jimmy Hart has programmed me to T-O-S Terminate on Zod! You've got this guy tuned up, I'll you. Do a double take. He looks exactly like the warrior. They were trying to recreate something that obviously was successful at one point in time. But in, at no time was the Renegade anything other than quite frankly, a bad attempt at cloning the warrior. He wasn't a character that was designed to get anybody's attention. He wasn't being used as a catalyst to bring the warrior in or anything like that. That's just another wrestling rumor that seems to to never want to die. For years, I have watched while this industry, with you as its figurehead, has tried to recreate what is simply unrecreatable. There we go. So yeah, now we do get his WCW debut. Uh, finally, which I believe, I think everyone kind of thought he was going to show up there eventually. Mm-hmm. I think that was like 98, dude, or something like that. Because I remember on Nitro was a long-ass fucking promo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Um that's good to get a little bit. When Ultimate Warrior came into WCW, his debut, the reaction initially was very, very good. You know, the wrestling audience has a long-term memory, and they really react well to established stars and people who are icons at periods of time in our industry when the business was at a high note. And certainly Ultimate Warrior was one of those stars. He comes out, he gets right in my face, and he starts rolling. He's rolling, he's rolling, and then he hits me with the ultimate no-no in this business. In the one time 
epical battle between us, Hogan. You were the quintessential influence of what was good, great, and heroic. But different than you may remember, and albeit you may have beaten myths, legends, giants, and other great men, you never, never beat a warrior. I had to clench my fist and bite my teeth and stop myself from destroying him. I defeated what was until then, undefeatable. I conquered what was then, unconquerable. I dominated what was until then, indomitable. On that day, you were great. I was ultimate. So here he's talking about. <laughs> I love how many times they tried to get since they couldn't legally call him the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. I love how many times they squeezed Ultimate into that fucking promo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But I mean, it was just uh, literally this is another. How many times in promos now do people mention that they beat people before? And uh, yeah. it, it's like I don't get how that was a big no-no in the business. Big Sharp just said wrestling fans have a long-term memory. Yeah. He just gave his acknowledgement, you know, like, oh, these guys know they'll remember Warrior. Yeah, exactly. And then they go, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a big no-no in the business. But uh, here we go, a little bit of uh, the Halloween Havoc here. Warrior match in 1998, Halloween Havoc is one of the worst matches in history. I think I pretty much came up with some harebrained idea that ruined that match. We had all the intensity going into it, and I came up with this harebrained idea since his character was so far off the wall that after I beat him up and was really doing a pounding on him, that he should make this huge fighting comeback blind. And I kind of blew it. I got in the ring and I had this huge wad of flash paper. And as I went down the corner, I pulled out my tights and I was going to light it with a lighter and throw it in his face. And then he would be blind. And when I'd go to grab him by the neck, he'd just out and grab me and start his comeback. And all of a sudden, we're in the corner. It's time for the flash paper. Time for all the fire to blind the elephant work. He's going for something. Hogan's got something. He's digging out here. Okay. For anyone who remembers this, it was one of the biggest botches in wrestling history. <laughs> the whole match was a botch. It was <laughs> even even without even without the flash paper nonsense that this whole match was a fucking mistake from dump, from jump. This whole match was horrible. Hogan cinched his own eyebrows. He, could, <laughs> he couldn't get the lighter lit because his hands were wet from sweat. the The whole match was just awful. This just really this last little thing, this little this this little nuance of the match, just made it even. Worse, the fact that it <laughs> didn't work. But and let I the mean, record show: this is probably the first and only time in Hogan's lifetime where he actually admitted to being wrong about something on right. camera. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually surprised. I'm actually surprised Hogan didn't get the uh, final cut of this. Hey, brother, we got to take this out, brother. Yeah, <laughs> right? and I guess can, was, can I get a reshoot on this one, brother? <laughs> and, and I guess it was even a point where Hogan was supposed to take the ref down, and it's blatantly he hits the ref, and he's completely out of spot. 
And yeah. it's just and Warrior was rolling like he kept uh Warrior, remember like Warrior at one point he I guess he was supposed to roll away from an elbow, but he rolled into Hogan's knees and he kinda like log rolled him and right. it was just a this whole match was just you could tell they didn't have a Pat Patterson book in this match. No. <laughs> no Hogan had to get that win back, bro. <laughs> oh, of course, man. You know it's Hogan. But uh <laughs> well, what would right. you rather do? What would you rather be, Box? Would you rather lose a match where yeah, you lost, but people remember it as this iconic Clash of the Titans, or would you rather win a shitty match just to say you got your win back? I'd rather lose a, a, a uh, an iconic <laughs> match. I mean, didn't Piper do the same thing when it came to WCW? It's like, you know what I'm saying? You, you, they wouldn't have cheered you if they booed me or some shit like that. He yeah. pretty much did the same thing Warrior did. Basically, yeah. And Hogan finally got his win there. Yeah. Huh. Deja vu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Moral of the story, Hogan always gets his win back. Knows best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, last clip of the uh, last clip right now of of the movie. I got a couple more, but last clip of the movie right here. From the WWE umbrella. It didn't happen. You know, hopefully today he looks back on his career and says, you know what? Uh, maybe those guys really helped me a lot more than I thought. It's a strange dichotomy. The former wrestling superstars, when they leave the mainstream, some of them go on the speaking tour and talk about the evils of our business or they get religious and i don't think the warrior has gotten on the religious kick yet but he does do some speaking it surprises me that he's speaking at colleges jesse ventura that doesn't surprise me the ultimate warrior does surprise me i wouldn't mind going to one of his lectures it'd be interesting and it'd be interesting to see at this stage of my life, I could actually understand what he's talking about. Unless the Ultimate Warrior and Jim Helwig have come to some kind of a compromise, those speeches are a little whack, and there's probably a lot of people leaving rooms, scratching their heads, wondering what in the hell did we just listen to? All right. A few last little digs at him they take. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, that, that's pretty much the end, but I mean. A few last, those last few digs again are just, talk about unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You've already trashed this guy to the whole fucking video, and then you gotta be like, yeah, you know, speaking of colleges, maybe, I'm sure they leave their scratch in their heads. Come yeah, because on. kids don't drink and do drugs in college. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, Again, back to the hypocrisy of this video. They take this guy back. They literally made him a god. Mm-hmm. They did. I, I mean, I, I know it might sound a little, you know, weird and out of there, but they made this guy a god of wrestling when they brought him back. And listen, um, I, I, I love that they brought him back. I loved everything he did when they brought was him a- back. Go ahead, Anthony. Now I was just say everything was like almost like a happy accident because originally they brought him back just to do the video game, right? And right, right. they got a lot of positive buzz out of the video game. They oh, there's still a, a demand for this guy, so that's when they decided to put him in the Hall of Fame. And then the plan was basically put him in the Hall of Fame and basically have him do like le- have him sign like a Legends contract and then like basically pop up every now and then. Obviously, you know what happened that. The other stuff never got to come up because, you know, passed away. But if you look at the right. circumstances, man, it was all like, if you got to go out, man, that's the way I want to go out. The, shh, 
that that was a very looking back on it a very emotional weekend to be a part of because here's a dude like it was a homecoming for warrior he does the whole hall of fame <laughs> he gets his receipts in on uh certain people once he's given while he's giving his speech mm-hmm. hey teddy <laughs> how you doing <laughs> yeah he he does the uh wrestlemania appearance waving to the crowd and then that that raw promo man i don't i don't even want to disrespect the calling the promo that speech to this yeah. day man like whenever i see it i kind of cheer, cheer up because it was just, you could tell that was a man that was at peace with everything he was oh. at peace they were at peace with him and he it really felt like the the, the whatever bitterness on both sides, it was just gone, and he was ready to move on to like the next phase of his life, and that's what makes you know how everything ended bittersweet. He ended things on a good note, but you wish it had to lasted a little longer for him. Yeah, but you listen to that promo, man, and he had a premonition that something was wrong, that he wasn't going to be around much longer. I mean, I've got it right here, and I'm actually going to play it. It's only it's it's three three and change long. <laughs> so you know, you know what? What the hell? Let me just go ahead and put some volume on here. And play it. I mean, you know, you just listen to this speech. And I mean, even when he goes out there and tries to shake the ropes, you can see he could barely shake the ropes. It was sad to see him go out there, but it was also a great moment that we got to hear this last little speech, like Anthony just said, from the Ultimate Warrior. So, you know, might as well go ahead and play it. Speak to me, warrior! As I thought about what I was going to say, this evening, it's been hard for me to find the words. That's oh, break up the mask. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be great. There you go. There's the warrior again. They're using him for merchandise. Right. Matter of fact, I have that mask right here. Right. Right here above my wall. That mask is right there. I have that mask. So so, clear, so clearly it worked. Clearly merchandising works. I did get it. The Literally, I got it right after Mania. I went on the website and bought the mask and the shirt that we was just wearing. But yeah, dude. I mean, again, they're just uh, using this guy for merchandise. He's putting on the mask. But let's go ahead and play this. Well then, you shut up, Boyer, and let me do the talking. (laughs) No WWE talent becomes a legend on their own. Every man's heart one day beats its final beat. His lungs breathe their final breath. And if what that man did in his life makes the blood pulse through the body of others and makes them bleed deeper in something than larger than life, then his essence, his spirit will be immortalized by the storytellers 
by the loyalty, by the memory of those who honor him and make the running the man did live forever. You, 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 you are the legend makers of Ultimate Warrior. In the back, I see many potential legends, some of them with warrior spirits, and you will do the same for them. You will decide if they lived with a passion and intensity, so much so that you will tell your stories and you will make them legends as well. I am Ultimate Warrior. You are the Ultimate Warrior fans. And the spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run forever! Alright, I'm going to say this real quick. I just want to say this. I don't care why WWE brought him back. I don't care if it was for money purposes. I don't care what purpose it was for. The fact that they brought him back and he got to have the moments that he had with the people he had, the fact that he got to do that in the ring, the fact that we got to experience that, all of it. I will, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful for WWE for at least doing that. Yeah, I'm glad he got to be on good terms before he passed, you know? Right, yeah. I, I'm very <laughs> grateful that we got to see that last thing from him. We got to see him do that last speech at the Hall of Fame. Uh, we got to see that last, like Anthony said again, speech at Raw. I, I don't care why they brought him back. I am happy they did. I'm happy we got what we got. And it 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 we all should be a little bit grateful for WWE for at least that. And even Triple H's hypocritical ass. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and and I'll just say this, like, you know, you know, we've kind of like Early, we got into like you know Vince's heartless this that and the third. Like if you look at like the documentaries they put out since, mm-hmm. uh, even in the moment, at the time everything went down. Vince was v- visibly emotional because like you know Box said Warrior didn't look well, and I think I, Vince probably looks back at the footage like God like knew he was on his way out, and I feel like they had been separated for so long because the, there was a point in time where they were close. Like Warrior stayed at the house, right? When he was coming up, when he was struggling. So there was a kinship there. And then like anything else, you fall apart. But then like, it's just like, just as you get together sometimes, just when you get on good terms, that's when bad shit always seems to happen. And I feel like that's where those tears came from. Like we spent so many, we spent so many years apart. We finally get on a good note and this shit happens. I feel like the same way Vince kind of broke down on an Andre uh, documentary that HBO put out, because I feel like there's a certain part of Vince that is remorseful of the fact that him and Andre didn't end things on the best of terms. Right. Cause I get the, I get the sense that Andre died before they got a chance to kind of hash things out. And that's something that he carries around with him. Warrior, he at least got the chance to make good, make amends. But at the same time, he really didn't get to see the relationship on the other side. It was so much bad for so long. They didn't get to relive that good side again. Right. And he just, that, that and that's where it came from. 
So I feel like Vince has his moments where, yeah, he can be a selfish son bitch about his about his money, but I feel like in in certain moments when it comes to certain people, you do see that human side of him. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And definitely, you know, when when Warrior passed was definitely one of his, you know, more genuine moments. But I mean, it, 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 it like I said, man, we, we got to see a lot of Warrior being humanized at the end of this whole run, and uh, it, it was it was just really a good thing to see completely. I I I, I it. You know, all the things that, you know, this video, that this DVD and all the things that they said about this guy. And then suddenly they just, you know, completely changed their mind nine years down the road. And they're like, yeah, you know what? We fucked up. Well, well, well think about it, though. Like, you know, I know it's always fun to make fun of Triple H. But yeah, I guess we have to put in the context what was going on in his life at the time. I mean, he was married to Stephanie, but he didn't have kids. And like I, I guess, like in the process of getting Warrior to kind of come back into the fold, he got close to not only him, he got close to the family, yeah. to the little girls, to the wife. So to that point of it, yeah, it, part of it could be hypocritical. Part of it could be about the money, but he's a father. Warrior was a father. He, you see a guy, you know, you box. You're a parent. You want, once you have kids, it changes you. It kind of mellows you out. You look at the world differently. So right. the so the Triple H that was on there, oh, he was an unprofessional prick. He, you know, he ruined my WrestleMania experience. That Triple H was not a father yet. In two thousand five, I think he was. He was. No. <laughs> I don't know. Again, he might have. He might have been, but still, he, point is, he grew. He evolved he from two thousand five. If you're, if you don't evolve. Then you have no luck. No, and, and everybody and, evolves. Yeah, and 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 again, if they brought this guy back for money for marketing, I don't care. I'm glad <laughs> that I personally got to experience Ultimate Warrior back in the WWE F, whatever you want to fucking call it, and to see that last speech he gave, and to see the Hall of Fame speech, and then I mean, you know, it, it, I mean, I think we were all really kind of riding high from that raw speech. Yeah. And then the next day we get a tweet. Warrior clutched his chest and he's dead. I mean, yeah. it, it was just, it, it was amazing. Really. It was, it was fucking eye opening and kind of made you, you know, kind of aware of your own mortality, but just, yeah. You know, we got that great speech, and then the next thing you know, he's just gone. And like I said, we were all sort of riding a high from that. You know, Warrior came back, WrestleMania was over, and then it just it just all ended, dude. It was just all the fucking, it just crashed down. Yeah, but I mean, if you got to go out, man, like that's the, think about it. In over a three-day period, mm-hmm. whatever negativity people had towards this man went away. Like in that speech, let's mm-hmm. be honest. There's no way in the world, I mean, like, look, Warrior said a lot of fucked up things, but that one speech really turned a lot of people around on Warrior. Think about it. You think about, like, the Ted DiBiase's of the world. He's even kind of, like, backtracked off of some of the things that he said. Mm-hmm. Off of the strength of that one. Because of, just because of the circumstances of how he went out. And I guess I get the sense that Ted was one of the people that he didn't get a chance to kind of make amends with that weekend. So I think 
once again, he's another guy that probably is walking around with some guilt. Like, eh, maybe I was a little hard on a guy. <laughs> maybe, but I mean, you know, it, 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 uh, again, it's, there's a lot of hypocritical things in the story. We don't, again, a, a, a lot of stuff could be exaggerated in this whole video. Um, meanwhile, for a documentary, this was a, a weird first documentary we've, we've ever done. But um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, the, the, I've always liked this video. It's a great video. Again, you've got three people who own the DVD. Yes. You know, and it was a it, it, it did well. It did. This video did very well. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it was for the nostalgic value or what. But uh, this 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 was definitely a pretty shitty thing of them to do for them to come back nine years later and literally damn near blow this guy. Yeah. You know what? A de- what a de- money changes a lot of situations, man. It, it really does. But again, like I've said, you know, a couple times already, no matter what they brought him back for, I am grateful they brought him back. I'm glad yes. they did, and we got a we got a lot of good things out of him in those last few months that we saw him back, or the last few weeks that we saw him back. Actually, how many? How much more stuff do you think we could have gotten back? Like, how much do you think we missed out on by Vince and Warrior being selfish towards each other? You think we could have got maybe a Royal Rumble appearance, a Mania appearance? No, it actually kind of worked out because I, I figured within six months everything would have imploded. Warrior would have said something yeah. to piss somebody off, and they would have been back to square one. Yeah. You know I mean, like so, you know, like through the years, like all the years we missed, like you know, what I'm saying when Warriors right. was in his still in his forties and all that stuff. You think he could have maybe did a Royal Rumble appearance or maybe a, a match against Mania, uh, Vince at Mania yeah. or what? Yeah, I think we probably definitely missed out on a few things. I don't know about the match against Vince, but. I think we yeah. did miss out on a few warrior appearances that probably really would have, again, touched our hearts. But again, I don't think it would have. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I. This is very strange to say, but I think the way it worked out is the best. We've got the best memories we could of Warrior. Because we saw the same thing with Savage, right? They weren't on good terms, right? Yeah, and I'll never forgive him for that, man. Like, yeah, that's, I, see, that's the thing. We've seen this more than once. Well, and, and again, we got those videos when those uh, action figures were coming out. We got those with Savage. and It was almost like a warrior-type situation where they, I guess they were trying to like see if there was still some money to be made with the guy. And he probably would have got the call to go into the Hall of Fame, but the car accident happened. But the, the one thing... Once again, this is where pettiness and holding grudges kind of comes back to bite people in the ass because I will never forgive Vince McMahon and that company for holding a grudge against Savage for so long that we had to settle for fucking Hulk Hogan and Lanny Poffo having to speak on that man's behalf because you know damn well a Macho Man Hall of Fame speech would have been fucking top Mm -hmm. three, top, matter of fact, top two, top two all time. Absolutely. It would have been really fucking good. I mean, but, even uh, with the World Warrior DVD, right? Hulk died. Then they came out with the DVD. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean <laughs> that's... Yeah, and then yeah, and it just irritated me because Vince puts out a fucking uh, article in uh, uh, Sports Illustrated. Macho Man about, you know, how influential he was, about how important he was to the history of business, the company. Where was this shit 
a year prior. Yeah, you couldn't pick up the prior. fucking phone and call him. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. Jesus Christ, man! This is what irritates me. Like the send off wire guy, the send off flare guy. I wanted that for Macho Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. But uh, I don't know, man. I wish you go ahead and wrap this bitch up. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Late. We've gone way over three hours at this <laughs> point, and uh, I need to get some food and some sleep both. And uh, yeah, this was definitely a good documentary to uh, kind of uh, give a little test to, especially for a, re- a wrestling documentary. Um, again, there's a few things in here that I'm sure they, uh, there's some disputes against a few things that are in here, but um, definitely was a fun one to do. And uh, I mean, who doesn't like Ultimate Warrior? So definitely yeah. a great one to jump on. And uh, we appreciate you joining us, man. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. All right. Chat room, everybody. I love everybody coming on in. Appreciate everybody hanging so late with us, especially everybody that's still hanging out with us and everybody that hung out with us before. And uh, that's it. Don't forget to check out me and Shaheen next uh, Wednesday. We'll be there at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time right here at Mixer.com slash THT podcast. And the Hollywood Hangout will definitely be back here, not next Saturday, the Saturday after that. And uh, we do have some things working. And uh, give us a couple more weeks, and we'll uh, definitely make some more announcements. Hopefully, some bigger things to come. Yes. And, uh, that's it. Anything else? Oh, follow the uh, new twi- Twitter, at uh, Hollywood underscore Hangout. There you go. Follow that right there. And, oh, and uh, uh, obviously, you know, Shaheen's uh, Patreon, Nuclear Heat Graphics. Yes. I'm sorry, NuclearHeat.com. NuclearHeatGraphics.com or whatever. And Definitely, you know what? NuclearHeatGraphics.com and just go to nu- yeah. Just hey. go to NuclearHeatGraphics.com. I guarantee he's got everything there. And you know what? Just buy something from Shaheen. How's that? Just do it. If you don't, I'm going to send Triple H to your house. <laughs> he's going to totally trash you guys. All right. Tell y'all, I'm professional, y'all. There you go. Later, guys. Bastard. <laughs> Right. See y'all later. Peace. Later.